Blog Talk Radio. Hey, welcome everybody. Richie Elman here live on Southern Sports Central here. Having a little bit of uh, technical difficulties here this afternoon, uh, getting everything up and running. But it's going to be a great show. We're going to get this thing up and going here in, in just a few. Uh, we do apologize for uh, the inconvenience here. But uh, a great show, nevertheless, uh, here on the show here tonight. Going to have a lot going on. Uh, of course, uh, the coach, Eugene Benton, here is going to join me here shortly. Uh, as uh, Just a lot going on, trying to get everything kind of figured out. And uh, as we do that, uh, you know, we'll kind of get things um, kind of up and running here on the hotlines here tonight. And, again, just so many things happening here on the show tonight. Going to start off at 630 as we uh, stay local uh, with a commissioner. Yeah, we're going to get in here with a commissioner who's joined us before, but he'll get back in here with us uh, once again as uh, we'll talk to uh, the, uh, the head commissioner for the South Carolina Youth Football Association. Uh, Jay Williams joins us at 630. Um and, of course, that's going to um, be an interesting conversation uh, because of the fact that we're going to bring him in here and uh, just kind of get into uh, the nuts and bolts of uh, what's going to happen with these guys, how things are going to happen with them moving forward as um, this thing starts to kind of unwind a little bit. You know, the COVID-19, is, is, is we're starting to slowly open up a few things. Um, it's going to be a fun time to do it, but hopefully – do it at a slower pace than what I'm afraid we're going to do if we start to open up some of these doors and some of these opportunities. And, uh, you know, that's something that's definitely uh, going to be uh, looked at and uh, kind of put together. Um, you know, we try to kind of wonder how this is going to look, but we do have a huge announcement coming up at 630 with him. And, uh, again, we'll, we'll kind of look at uh, how that's going to work. Um, then – uh, we're going to hit around 7 o'clock where we're going to catch up with a fitness guy. Yeah, fitness guy. We'll check in with him and uh, see what he said. Who is that? Well, that's, uh, well, Mr. Jeff. And uh, we'll, we'll uh, check in with uh, him. And uh, as we keep things moving again, guys, we're having a little bit of technical difficulties. We've got a little bit of uh, rough weather here in uh, the Somerville area, so it is causing a little bit of uh, of headache here on the show. But we will keep things going. Uh, I do bring in the coach, Eugene Benton, here with me. Coach, uh, you're with us, of course. Uh, let's talk about some of the guests that you've lined up. you got a couple of guys ready to uh, join us here tonight uh, at 7 o'clock. Yes, I'll let you introduce him, and then a 7.30 guest uh, as well. Yeah, really excited about these two uh, gentlemen joining us tonight. Uh, Jeff Freilich is someone I've known for many years. Um, just as in a social setting, however, in the past few years, I've seen you know that uh, he took an interest and uh, is out doing uh, personal training. He, he focuses on speed first, uh, strength, and also does uh, some nutrition consulting with athletes. Uh, Jeff is a guy who played uh, college ball. Um, I believe he said he was down at the uh, – Excuse me. At um, the Central Florida, he was a wide receiver and a four-year letterman. Uh, he's been 25 years in fitness industry, and I know he's also done some other things that had to do with some healthcare and stuff like that. Um, you know, I know uh, since the gyms have been closed, a lot of uh, student athletes have been working with him individually and privately. You know, I, I follow along some of his videos and see what interesting things he's doing, training kids out in beaches and sand and sand pits and volleyball courts and. And things like that. So, uh, really interested in hearing uh, 
Jeff has to say. And by the way, it's pronounced Freilich. And my son tells me that's German for Mary, like Merry Christmas. But um, anyway, uh, and then another guest that's coming on, someone I've uh, gotten to know over the past few years, uh, Coach uh, Anthony Guglielmo. I've always called him Coach Tony. But um, either or Coach Coach, uh, G is a very – he's actually a nationally renowned uh, kicking instructor and evaluator for Coles. Uh, Coles is K-O-H-L, just like the department store, even though there's no relation. Uh, Coles is kind of the, uh, if you're familiar with football recruiting, uh, you have rivals and you have scouts. And those are the big two services for, you know, you always hear about recruits being a four- or five-star guy. Well, Coles is that service for kickers. And they also, unlike those other services that just, you know, evaluate you in a one-day camp, Coles actually does training. Uh, I have several guys that we travel up to um, Lexington to River Bluff High School. That's where Coach Tony also coaches high school football. Um, and, you know, we go up there and train in, the, in a big set of groups. Coach Tony runs all of Georgia, South Carolina, and North Carolina um, in the training circuit, as well as he's a national director for kickers. So we're really excited to have him on as well and uh, really looking forward to it. Yeah, I get excited about that guest as well. Both of those guys coming in. They're going to bring in a different avenue here at 7 and 7.30 here. Hopefully we get everything up and running here, kind of moving a little bit smoother, hopefully, with the weather here in the background. But uh, then at 8 o'clock, uh, 8 o'clock, Kevin Billadu. He is with Live 5 Sports. He is the head man over there with Live 5 Sports, and uh, he's going to check in 8 o'clock. Uh, he's at home, but he's uh, checking out the draft because that happens tonight at 8 o'clock, by the way, as well. That'll kick off. Who's going to be the number one guy, the number two, three, four? We'll find that out here tonight. Of course, this is the Super Bowl for a lot of NFL teams as uh, the Jets usually blow this thing up. It's going to be a little different theme, a little different look as uh, it'll go live around 8 o'clock. I know they've got some pre-stuff around 7 they're going to do. Uh, that would be, uh, you know, an interesting conversation with Kevin and what he thinks. Uh, we're also going to talk to Kevin about all the hires. They have all in. Now everybody's got a coach. Nobody out there is left out. And we're going to ask him who are the top three winners of uh, the coaching carousel here in the Low Country. Uh, we'll get that. And then at 830 in the ATL in Atlanta, Ben Moore just checked in, and he's going to try to check in here with us uh, and uh, have this conversation with us as well. So, uh, you know, uh, overall, I, I guess we'll kind of stay in here with us as we get everything kind of worked out here Um but you started looking at it. What's some of the things that you've kind of seen since we've been back off the air since Tuesday? You know, actually, you know, I've, I've seen some of the um, socially, you know, it sounds like some of the states, whether we agree or not, they're, they're starting to talk about or, or look at freeing and opening up things. Um, but also, too, you know, I, I know that a lot of the talk has been about baseball and consolidation and getting some baseball up and going. You know, tonight's draft, who's going number one? I know my personal belief and wish that it would be Joe Burrow, uh, go Tigers. Um, you know, and then, uh, you know, a lot of stuff has still been about community and, and the local focus of making sure people are, are safe and uh, getting what they need. You know, a lot of people still running charities. I know the schools are reaching out to kids and offering different ways to do things. Um, both of my children actually donated $10 each this week to my sister's house uh, on behalf of Academic Magnet. So, you know, we still have the social thing going on, um, as, even though there's some talk and chatter throughout the country, depending on where you live, about things opening back up soon, and, and there's debate going on about that. But, you know, I, I hope, and it looks like South Carolina saw its first downturn in cases this week, that uh, we are headed that way. You know, we know since we were on the air that the schools have 
been decided to close for the year. We also know that that's also ended spring sports for the year. Uh, so, you know, we, we feel devastated for those student athletes who've worked for some of them, you know, they may be 18 years old and been playing ball since they were four or five, you know, and to have this gone, it's, it's just terrible. Um, you know, and many other sports, it's not just baseball, softball, it's men's and women's soccer, men's and women's lacrosse, it's track. It's, oh my gosh, there's so many spring sports and, um, we just feel real bad for them. And again, you know, we continue to uh, push the platform for our Spotlight 2020 to get those uh, student athletes in here, um, give them a chance to give their farewell speech to their teammates and coaches and booster clubs and fans, as well as, you know, maybe we can uh, help them out by giving them a little promotion and see if they can't pick up some interest from a college uh, recruiter out there who's also in quarantine, who's, uh, you know, checking the Twitter feeds and looking for an athlete. So, um you know, that's kind of been the, the, the goings on, I guess, since Tuesday, <laughs> since it's Thursday. You know, uh, two days goes by fast, but it seems like, you know, a lot of a lot of little bits been going on. Uh, you know, we got some NFL and the trades and this, that going on. But, uh, you know, the draft starts at 8 o'clock in about two hours, so folks can follow along with us there as well as, uh, you know, put it on the TV and hit mute and listen to us. So. Looking forward to it. Six ten, you know, I'm ready for these uh, guests to get in here, ready to get the show started, get this thing kicked off. Yeah, you talked about something earlier, and, and, and we'll talk a little bit more about it. Yesterday, it was announced that school in the state of South Carolina will not open. All right, they're going to keep it closed. They're going to keep everybody in check, and that's a good thing. I, I think it's a strong finish there. Uh, and moms and dads, uh, you, you guys definitely get an apple a day, and I think they owe you a few uh, along the way as well because. You know, there's a lot of questions that are going to come up now because with businesses opening up and schools remaining closed, man, that just means a whole lot. Um, that just means a whole lot uh, right now. And uh, what does that mean as far as how do parents start to uh, handle babysitting or, or, or monitoring and, and all of that stuff, Eugene? And, and, and you start to kind of understand that. I've been very blessed. I've had actually – uh, my youngest daughter is uh, she's spent a lot of time with me uh, this past week, and uh, same thing with us. You know, I go through my normal you know routine here. We do our radio show a couple of nights a week, but come home, make sure she's she's up and done her uh, due diligence, making sure their grades are done. And, and we and I had this conversation today with a teacher, matter of fact, and her and I were getting into the whole entire, um, you know, what does. Uh, how does this affect things uh, on the parents to, or I would say the students, into eligibility into next year? You know, that's another conversation that's been uh, constantly being had. You know, there's so many different things here that, that are in place. And while I understand it starts at home, but sometimes home isn't, home isn't always a happy place for all these young men and women. You know, the th- you, know you think about the food. I get that they're giving bus rides out to, and, and making the meals on the wheels and doing a lot of things, but are they getting to these kids? Do these kids have computers? You know, there's, there's so many things that, that, that this is going to have a longer effect, I think, I think, than we really realize. I mean, I don't think we, we hopefully, while we're selfishly wanting to go back to the beach and wanting to go back to the malls and to shopping and to food and sit down and have a great dinner. Man, do you imagine, Eugene, and you're a big food guru, what it's going to be like to go back into a restaurant again and sit down? It's going to be kind of, man, it's almost going to be very surreal to some degree, huh? Buddy, we already have like our, our list of 10. <laughs> so we're looking forward to go to, to go into and visiting. And, you know, I'm more excited not just about me going out and enjoying a meal, 
Um, but the uh, the servers and the bartenders and those folks actually, you know, getting back in and earning uh, uh, their wages again because, you know, they were the first ones, I probably more than likely the first ones that were cut um, and out the door during this. And, you know, so they've been out of work for weeks. <clears throat> and I know there are several charities and things trying to help folks out, but it's not the same. And, um, you know, I'm very fortunate that I – I'm able to, I was already working from home anyway. And so um, I'm looking forward to get back in, out, not only enjoying some great food, but also, um, you know, helping those folks get back on their feet by, uh, you know, tipping well and eating great and uh, just enjoying all the things that our area has to offer as a, in, within the food industry. You know, I've uh, been tweeting and talking to uh, several of those folks and was like, you know, you're my number one, you're my number two, because I saw that uh, old Darius uh, upset some restaurateurs when he put his number one and number two out there, and they were quite offended that they weren't on that list. And, um, you know, so there's just so much to do and so much to see in this area. We're, we're also blessed and fortunate to live in this area, um, and so I'm definitely looking forward to it. And I have my, my top ten ready. Yeah, no doubt about it. We kind of kind of put things together here, and, uh, you know, just kind of put – I, I guess a staple on all this, and we're going to kind of keep things running as we're trying to get everything uh, you know, put together here uh, as uh, we've had some, some some different things that we're moving around here for the Internet purposes here. This is the one bad thing about Internet, man. It's, uh, there are going to be some, some different ins and outs that we deal with. But uh, you know, when we start to kind of put things together, the normalcy gets back. The new normalcy is kind of the lingo that, that I'd like to use with that. Uh, and, again, the gyms. Let's talk a little bit about the gyms opening up. And there's a number – that I understand that they're going to try to go two and three or four or five. Uh, you know, if you've been to a local Lowe's or Home Depot or some of these other stores, they are counting heads coming indoors. And I, and I can appreciate that if I'm inside. I, I don't really like to stand outside, but you have to respect that and, and, and appreciate that they care enough not to kind of um, corral us all inside, right? And, and so let's talk a little bit about the gyms opening up, Eugene. How do you see these gyms kind of doing it? And, and your thoughts, because I think it's a – it's almost going to be kind of like a trainer deal where these guys are going to have to start off maybe by appointment. Uh, they're going to space them out, right? Because other than that, it, it could be very dangerous in there as well due to the fact, of course, you are sweating. There is going to be more things in the air than there would be if you're just normally shopping and doing things like that. Yeah, and speaking of gyms, you know, I'm definitely looking forward to getting into the factory. <laughs> Those are our main guys out there, and, uh, you know, they've been shut down too. So I'm definitely looking forward to that. But you know, and, and before or uh, recently, I was a member of Planet Fitness, and, you know, people would work out. You would sweat, like you said, all over the equipment and machine, but they had all these spray stations around, but it was kind of up to the individual to go and get that towel and spray it down with the disinfectant or whatnot and rub the machine down. And just, you know, I, I'm not so sure that 100% of the people do that well enough. Uh, especially well enough for something like this that, um, you know, when early on they were saying that it was lasting on these cruise ships for a couple of weeks at the time. So someone was already off the boat for two weeks, and then someone who was in their room could, you know, caught it. Someone from California caught it uh, from, from some Hawaii cruise. And, you know, I'm just, wow, gyms are probably, I'm wondering if gyms might be the, one of the last things to reopen. Um, but then again, it could do it. A lot of things could intervene between now and then with the testing and, and things like that. Uh, maybe you have to get tested. Once you get tested that you're either negative or have the antibodies, then you're allowed to go to the gym. Who knows? I know they're trying to pass something like $18 billion to test as many people as they can. Uh, right now that's being voted on by the um, 
House of Representatives. But, uh, you know, it, it could be something like that. Maybe you have to show proof that you've either – that you've been tested to go into a gym or, or something like that. And, you know, I guess we'll see how that goes. Um, that that kind of makes sense. Uh, it's not really cool that everybody has to be tested, especially those who have been following strict rules and quarantine and have no symptoms. But then again, right. you know, I guess one person could spoil the whole barrel. So um, I guess it's more about being safe and your side of the argument against mine when it comes to the beaches. But, <laughs> <laughs> but we won't start that tonight. Uh, we'll let that one go. Um, but I think we both are in agreement that uh, it's in that type of environment, there's a lot of bodily, almost like there's a chance for a lot of bodily fluid exchange or just exposure to fluids and sweat and people breathing hard on the machines and things like that. So, you know, I guess we'll see how it goes the next couple of weeks. And then, you know, these owners of gyms may have to make a call because I'm sure they don't want to be on the news with, you know, Jim's gym, you know, just this week had 12 cases pop up because then that's going to be bad for business long-term for Jim. So, um, you know, I think they're going to have to make some smart decisions on their own. Yeah, you know, you brought up a valid point here. We're live on Southern Sports Center and listening to us on Blog Talk Radio. A rainy day here on the 23rd day of April. April showers brings May flowers. And, boy, we've had a few of those. Of course, it is National Giraffe Day. It is the biggest Super Bowl day for a lot of teams, especially if you're in the top five selection. Uh, you're definitely excited to see whether you land Mr. Joe Burrow or who is going to come off the block. Of course, everybody looking at Mr. Kinlaw here in the low country. He's one of the big boys on the defensive side. And there's some other guys. Oh, by the way, offensively, there's a, uh, uh, there's a young man from Fort Dorchester that could be coming off the board very early as well. So I think the state of South Carolina could have some really big names. I think they – uh, you, you know, uh, maybe day two, maybe late tonight. I'm not sure, but at one point, either today or tomorrow, Kelly Bryant, uh, former Wren quarterback, of course, he's over there uh, with uh, Mr. R- Coach Ramon over there, and uh, he's started at Clemson, ended up over in Missouri, stayed a Tiger, just a different color Tiger as he went to Mizzou, but uh, looking forward to him playing in the league. And of course, he came on the show uh, back in January. Looking forward to getting him back on once we hear where he's going to go. And hopefully, some of these other players uh, will jump in here with us. Can and will South Carolina State, will they go uh, seven players in 11 years? Because right now they're sitting six players in 10 years in the NFL draft. And that's a big thing uh, for the MEAC and, of course, uh, for an HBCU uh, for them to say, look, I get it. You want to go Power Five, but you want to play today, you might as well come here today. And uh, that would be a good conversation as well uh go back to the gym conversation uh eugene i'm guilty of it right i mean i'm gonna tell you there are some times i i probably got off the machine and didn't go over there and hit the spray bottle and wipe it off really well uh you get wrapped up on something happens maybe your music or, or phone or your restroom or anything happens but i bet you i feel pretty good uh that it's going to be first thing on my mind is make sure hey look let me get this thing cleaned up because i hope and pray that if i do it somebody ahead of me did it right and uh that's Again, we're going to go over to the factory. Uh, a, they are our official uh, sponsor of the studio here. And if you uh, want to kind of get your bearings in order and hang out with those guys and girls over there and get your number uh, ready to be called at the factory, you can give them a look out over there. They're at 5913 Loftus Road over in Hanahan, South Carolina. Uh, we're looking to get the coaches, one of them, on with us on Sunday. Thought about it today, uh, but we just have such a uh, very loaded uh, show here uh, this afternoon. And with everything going on, of course, like I mentioned, it started off a little bit rocky with the Internet and some things. We have some really uh, inclement weather moving in. So, of course, that kind of shakes up some stuff as well. But uh, the show must go on, and it's uh, definitely going to continue to do that. Uh, Other headlines. 
that we're looking at, of course, is baseball. When is Major League Baseball going to start back up? Uh, and this is a game that could probably happen without fans. Uh, this is a game that's already minus the catcher, the umpire, and the batter. Everybody else is pretty socially distanced, right? Uh, I'm not sure every time you walk up you're going to take a test or anything like that. But, you know, is this something that they can, they can go ahead and, and test the gentlemen and, and, and kind of uh, quarantine them um, on a regular basis? You know, can they go out and can they find so many stadiums and they kind of keep them there? And instead of them playing in their own, I would say, area, um, you know, maybe they kind of manage them to, to keep them somewhere. Uh, kind of like what you see in minor league baseball, you know, down in Florida, down in Arizona, certain places like that. Uh, your thoughts on baseball? I mean, there's, there's got to be something. And my question, I guess, before we go to break here in about six minutes, Eugene, is who's going to be the first one? Is it going to be golf? Because that's a socially distanced uh, event there that they make enough money, I think, on the TV deals that they should be okay to come back. And then, of course, um, you know, you start to wonder about that. Yeah, golf, you know, well, it's a sport that can be played. Um, but, again, you know, you won't have the spectators. Uh, and that's the, you know, the thousands of people lying down the fairways and circling the greens and things like that. But golf is a sport where, I guess, you know, you can have the golfer and the caddy and um, just the camera crews. Um, you know, you could almost say the same thing about NASCAR. The driver's in the car with a mask on. However, there is a pit crew and, and, and folks like that working um, as well. You know, but I think, oh, boy, that might be it. I mean, tennis, tennis could be played because you're on the opposite side of the court. You just don't have to shake hands at the net. Maybe you give a, a, a you know, a high five from a distance um, with no fans in the stands. Uh, boy, that's, that might be it. That might be the, the last of that. Uh, I guess you could have bowling uh, with no fans in the in the bowling alley. But uh, it, it's super limited, man. I mean, you try to think of the, quote-unquote, individual sports where you don't touch the – another individual and uh that's tough you know there's select events i guess you could have the olympics and have select events but they've already said they were moving them moving the olympics to 2021 so that's you know pretty much a done deal um but you're right maybe golf is the first one out to shoot yeah golf nascar uh those two probably you know but but you start to wonder and it's kind of like college football and even high school football the money they make on the tickets with the people coming in are a massive amount of what we look at. Um, also, you look at the tailgating, you look at the, the parking, and, and you look at the, the uh, concessions. You know, there's so many more numbers here. And, of course, um, you know, you start to kind of put everything in play, and uh, there's just there's so many answers. There's so many, well, questions, and I don't know about the answers. Uh, and, and we'll kind of get into that a little bit here tonight as well. We're going to take a quick break. If you cannot hear this, well, of course, we're fixing that as well. But we do want to say thank you guys for hanging tight. We'll be right back. We're listening to Southern Sports Central Live right here on Blog Talk Radio.
everybody. I'm Rich Elvin alongside the coach Eugene Benton. This is Southern Sports Central on National Draft Day. The NFL is going to give us a little bit of uh, normalcy, if you will, uh, as they, of course, are going to have the draft. It's going to start kicking off around 8 o'clock. We'll still be on the air. Andy Pruitt will join us at 8 o'clock from Live 5 Sports. That's going to be a good time because he will talk with us about who he thinks is going to be the number one guy. Why that number one guy? Of course, we'll talk about some of the local guys. And uh, we'll do a lot of that stuff. But right now, we do head over to the Temp Farm Hotlines over there, hanging out with us. The commissioner's back. That's right, the commissioner, Jay Williams, with the South Carolina Youth Football Association. Uh, Commish, thanks for coming back in and hanging out on a wet Thursday afternoon. Oh, thanks for having me, Richard. Always a pleasure uh, to get you in here with us, man. So, uh, Got a lot to talk about. Uh, we got some breaking news with you and me, and uh, let's go ahead and get that out first. Because of the fact that we've had so much positive feedback between you and me and our show of doing uh, you, of course, uh, a couple like last week actually, and uh, the week uh, earlier in that week we had uh, the Somerville guys and the, uh, the Fort Dorchester guys and the Asher Ridge guys. Well, guess what? We decided we're going to go ahead and we are going to broadcast live on Saturday night with the uh, South Carolina Youth Football Association's Game of the Week. It'll be a Saturday night main event. And, uh, of course, we are going to partner with you guys and come in and broadcast uh, that game with you. And, of course, on Thursday at 6.30 going forward, this is your slot. This is your time to uh, say whatever needs to be said and update us on anything. But we're really excited. We're so honored to have this opportunity on Southern Sports Central side to work with you guys and uh, get your young players heard. We're going to do interviews with them. We're going to do a lot of things with uh, your coaches. And uh, we're just excited about the growth over here and let you guys, um, you know, come on our show and, and, and being a part of what you guys are doing, uh, Kamish. Well, I definitely appreciate you uh, doing this and helping the league grow. And the pleasure is all ours. And just to piggyback off of that, yes, um, we are very excited. We already had the game of the weeks in place on the schedule where um, we play on Saturdays. All the league plays starting at 10 o'clock in the morning, but then two organizations that are playing each other each Saturday get a chance to play later in the afternoon 
that gives like the whole league a chance to go out and watch and support it. And we called it the game of the week. Uh, we broadcast that live on our um, Facebook page, on Facebook Live, and now we're adding the the voice to that with Richie Altman, uh, you know, going over the game live, you know, play by play. So it's going to be great. I think uh, this is a great opportunity for the kids. I know they're going to love it. It's a great exposure for the league. So we definitely appreciate you having um, this partnership, making this partnership work. No doubt about it. As we're live with the commissioner. He is the commissioner of the South Carolina Youth Football Association. He's connected us with so many uh, guys and girls because we've talked also to some cheerleading coaches, and they're just as important as the guys on the field. Trust and believe me. Kids play a little harder when they see over there the ladies uh, hollering for them and helping them out a little bit. Uh, or uh, we're excited uh, to to be able to give a voice to uh, the game of uh, football that they're going to play on Saturday night. So we're going to be out there during the day on Saturday. We're not just going to show up at, at the, uh, the nightcap there at the game of the week. We'll, we'll, we'll definitely be over there, uh, commission with you guys. We're going to look, you know, be in there for your, your, your season openers and things like that. And uh, just doing anything you need us to do. If we need to be at the football field picking up trash. That's what we're going to do uh, as well. So Eugene and I, of course, uh, we're looking forward to growing. And we've got a few other guys and girls that we're going to introduce you to as well that we're going to, I'll uh, be breaking uh, some news with uh, some new additions to uh, the family here at Southern Sports Central. But, you know, the fun part's been also, uh, and, and we've had a lot of, uh, I'd say we've kind of rolled a little bit. Talk a little uh, about some of the others who have heard us on this show. And because of the publicity, because of the conversation, now we've got a few other areas that are like, hey, we want in. Um, yes. Uh, so I've had communication with a gentleman from Wando who is, currently reaching out to that um, school, their athletic director and head coach. He's trying to get a program started over there at Wando to join the league. And also I have a, a gentleman in West Ashley doing the same thing, trying to partner with West Ashley. Um, like I said, the first time that I was on the show, the ultimate goal was to get a program at each and every one of these high schools. So for anyone listening that knows of a high school that doesn't have a program in our league, if you know someone that's interested in starting it, tell them to reach out to me. We definitely want them involved. We want every high school in the state of South Carolina involved that wants to um, get involved. I know the last time we were on the show, we talked about possibly mandating, you know, teams taking their high school names across the board. Well, that has been in the works and it probably won't happen this season, but I have spoke with the guys that helped me run the league and, um, it may be in the works for 2021 that we adopt that rule for all teams. So, so let's try to get all well, the excited about involved. You imagine, uh, Kamish, when you when you start to put things in order. I know Woodland's got their team, and uh, I've actually been in contact with the Goose Creek guys, and they're going to be coming in. But they're one who they don't currently have per se. They do have relations with Goose Creek High School, but they have their own name and, and their you know all that good stuff. But yeah, you think Berkeley, you, you, you think Rondo, like you mentioned, Oceanside, uh, another school that, that I would like to see. James Island is bringing in a new head coach. I'd like to see them connected into some stuff. So, uh, and, and if I'm mentioning teams that may already have uh, some programs, Commissioner, uh, please make sure you correct me. But, you know, we want to see that. But what we also want to do is, on behalf of Southern Sports Central and, and you guys, is to go to these athletic directors and say, look, we, we want to – married our program to your program so that basically it becomes that that feeder program realistically from six years old until we give them off to you and now because there could be some changes happening in middle school football this is bigger than ever i mean really you guys are sitting at the right time at the right place and you're bringing 
like we talked about off the air today, the audio, the video, the realistic part that, hey, look, they're now going to be on Saturday nights, be on Facebook Live, and hear the voice of, of somebody giving you the play-by-play and the color commentating, and you're going to look at the logos, and you're going to think, wow, this is what they would look like if it was 10 years ago, right? Because the, hopefully, you know, you look at Somerville, Ashley Ridge, and Fort, I know those uniforms are going to look almost identical. Woodland looks identical. So you start to look at these things, Commish. Uh, kind of tell us, I know there's been a lot of great meetings already in place, thanks to the fact that we've had some of these guys on here. Of course, locally, I know Somerville, they're going to work really well with uh, uh, the Somerville team, allowing them to practice and play and, and be a part of it. They've really embraced that. And uh, a lot of that's come out of uh, a meeting, I guess, here this last couple of days. So uh, you didn't say anything wrong when you were mentioning the programs that don't have, like, true feeder programs at there. Uh, we have programs that, like, partner with those schools, but they're not truly at those schools yet, and we hope to get them there um, across the board. Uh, and you mentioned, you know, the feeder programs, mirroring the high school. Well, that's what we do, the ones that are at high schools now, and that's the whole goal. I mean, you wear their uniform. You should use their terminology. You should run some of their plays, the less advanced ones that, you know, the, the kids can actually grasp instead of, you know, a high school level type play. And that's what a lot of the programs are doing that are feeder programs. Um, even you mentioned a middle school ball, maybe some changes coming in that. Well, these are going to be the feeder programs for the the B teams and the JVs where if you got a stellar kid that's playing in the South Carolina Youth Football Association and maybe he gets bumped up from the the Woodland uh, youth team and he gets bumped up to the B team or the JV because he's excelling to that level. So if you have that partnership with the school and become the true feeder program, that can work or it can work. Uh, vice versa. Maybe there's a kid on the B team that made the team, but he's not panning out, and he needs another year of the youth, and then the B team coach sends him down, and, you know, he gets more of that playing time and experience, so it works both ways once you get that partnership with the school, and that's what we're trying to sell as a league called the school. Live right now with the commissioner of, of course, the uh, South Carolina Youth Football Association, a uh, very a fun group and a very uh, high expectation group. When I say that, that means they bring these young athletes in and they treat them, look accordingly. Hey, we're here to do what we got to do. We're here to teach you life lessons and things, not only on the field, but off the field. Kind of tell us a little bit, maybe some listeners for the first time are getting introduced to the program over there with you guys, uh, Commission, on what is the mission? What is the vision? What is, you know, when you, when you would break down what you guys do day in and day out, coaching, playing, and uh, from cheerleading across the board, what is the mission of the South Carolina Youth Football Association? Our biggest mission is to prepare these kids for the next level. That's both on and off the field. Um, on the field, of course, teaching the fundamentals and the aspect of the game of football. Off the field, whether it's in the classroom, um, a lot of programs have, like, tutoring sessions set up for uh, children. Um, one of our programs in the lead, Extra Mile Tiger, um, out of Whale Branch, they run a mentorship program where uh, he mentors young men as well, um, and women, sorry, young men and women as well because he has cheerleaders. Um, they have a mentorship program. We do work through community service in the league. Uh, we have uh, the Ashley Riz, the Swamp Foxes. They put on a charity event last year uh, for, you know, to raise um, toys 
we do toys for tots. Uh, so it's just preparing these kids for the next step uh, in life, whether it's on the field, football-wise, or off the field, with work in the classroom, community service, things of that nature. That's the ultimate goal of the league. We love it. Everything about it is uh, what we're all about here at Southern Sports Central Live on Blog Talk Radio right now. I'm Rich Yalman alongside the coach Eugene Benton, and the commissioner has joined us here from the uh, South Carolina Youth Football Association. The one and only Jay Williams joins us, uh, and he will going forward every Thursday at 6.30. So uh, make sure you program that one in your phone because we're always – they're going to keep you up to date. So let's get up to date. Where, where is the program right now? I know uh, the government has kind of shut everybody down, right? They've put everybody at a standstill. Not a bad idea uh, because I can never remember something like this. And, by the way, when COVID came in, we had an earthquake in Somerville. We had a tornado in Somerville. And uh, we've had bad weather about every other day. So maybe there's something to it. But uh, kind of give me your thoughts and your opinions, uh, Kamish, when it comes down to uh, where – when, how, what's the steps to get you guys back up and running, and how long do you think it's going to be before you guys are able to do some type of social distancing but yet still meeting up? Well, what the program is right now is at a standstill, just like basically everything else that we're dealing with. And when will it get back up and running? I uh, That's going to be up to the governor. As soon as the governor is able to um, release or allow us to be in groups again, um, then we can, you know, start back at least with drills and camps and things of that nature. I think it is possible to put on these drills and camps with, you know, social distancing still being um, practiced. I mean, you can separate the kids six feet apart. It will take some work, take some help to have monitor, have your assistant coaches and things of that nature out there to help monitor, make sure the social distancing piece is being practiced. Uh, but it can be done. So that's where we're currently at with it. We're just waiting on a go um, from the governor to get back out there. I know a lot of teams are itching. I know a lot of parents are waiting to get these kids out the house. Um, so we're definitely waiting on that call. Um, the season, as far as the season, right now the season is scheduled to go as planned. Um, so I think the only thing that would hinder the season from starting on time is if schools didn't start their season on time or if the kids did not go back to school when scheduled in August. Uh, with a lot of us using high school facilities to play our games, if the high school is not in, of course, games won't be being played there and our season won't occur. But speaking into existence, hopefully none of that happens. Hopefully we're, we get released here shortly. We can get back to work, and hopefully the season kicks off as scheduled. No doubt about it. And we're looking forward to the season kicking off as scheduled. As uh, Of course, we're live right now with Jay Williams. He's the commissioner. Uh, of course, of the South Carolina Youth Football Association. He's done a great job. And, man, you got a great reputation. i got to be honest with you. We got you off the radio on Thursday. My phone lit up uh, with the former Gamecocks. He jumped in here right up. You got off the phone because he was listening to the show, which hopefully he's listening again here uh, tonight up there in Columbia. But uh, And then, of course, other individuals inboxed me directly and really kind of pulled their – uh, their way to us, and we love it because that's what we want to do. I know currently we're we're looking at trying to help the guys that do what we do uh, in the upstate. You know, there's the football leagues up there, and we're trying to get athletic directors to understand that that look, we get it, we understand it. There's a lot of checks and balances and some things, but you know, put together what you got to put together with your school district and your uh, superintendent or whoever it is to get these young kids. But let them practice on your facility. You know, get you let them have 
a little bit of time. Again, we're keeping them off the couch. We're keeping them out of the streets. We're putting them on a field. We're teaching them life lessons. Along the way, they're learning how to play the game of football or any sport for that matter. And, and I love it. But to see what community is all about, you know, don't make it a possibility to make the financial gain. Make it a, a personal gain to make somebody better. And that's what you guys are doing, Jay, over there, of course, uh, with your league and stuff. What are some of the biggest hurdles right now? Let's get some of that out of the way, too. I, I want to kind of put everything on the forefront here tonight. So while we are down, while things are a little bit, you know, uh, not as busy, uh, we can kind of get some of this stuff helped. And if, you're, if you are an athletic and you're listening, uh, kind of maybe pay attention here, but what are some of the, uh, the the biggest hurdles right now that you guys are looking to jump over, and what can we do to help you guys? All right. So before getting into the hurdles and answer your question, I do want to give thanks to the schools that have supported the league, the high school, the Cane Bay Cobras, the Fort Dorchester Patriots, uh, the Somerville Green Wave, the Ashley Riggs Swamp Foxes, Woodland Wolverines, uh, Goose Creek High School, even though their team doesn't take their name, they allow them to use that facility. Uh, St. John's High School does the same with the Island Alliance. Uh, so those are school and sorry, and Whale Branch allows Extra Mile Tigers. I mentioned them earlier in the show. Those are the schools that have been working with us to make this league successful and allowing us to use their facilities and um, to help make the league work the way it does. So I want to thank each and every one of those schools for allowing us to use those facilities and continue to use them. Um, and to piggyback off of that, to answer your question about what's the biggest hurdle, the biggest hurdle is the schools that are not allowing us to use facilities. Um, uh, in a sense, an uh, unfair advantage for the other teams in the league that they don't get the nice facility to play on. And now kids that are sanctioned to go to your high school, they want to go to one of the schools that offer the the nice facility that dress just like the high school when they're not even sanctioned to go there. And it's hard for us as directors to turn kids away because we want the youth playing football. But if all of these schools get on board and do this, it would make no sense for a kid in St. George to want to go play for Somerville because we all have the same thing or it wouldn't make any sense for a kid a schedule for Kane Bay to want to go play for uh, the Swamp Foxes because everyone would have the same resources and things of that nature. So we can get all these schools involved. I think that is the biggest hurdle. Each each area that has one of these schools that participate, help them out if you can because at the end of the day, these, this is your future. These kids that are playing for the the travel teams in your area right now, they're going to be your high school kids that play for you in a couple of years. So why not get your hands on them early and start helping them out? And I think that's the biggest hurdle that we have in the league. Everything else, I mean, for as far as like officials, we got we have officials. Uh, we have a good camaraderie in the group. Like everyone, pretty much for uh, the most part, gets along, especially off the field. Now on the field, we're competitors. We, we want to win, but off the field, we have a good group of ladies and gentlemen that make this thing work. So our biggest hurdle is just those high schools that are not giving that helping hand and helping out the teams in their area. And, of course, like we mentioned earlier, trying to get into more high schools. But right now we have areas that have teams in the league that are not being supportive, and that's what we need help with. 
No doubt about it. We're going to do our due diligence to help that out a little bit. You're going to give me some homework at some point here this evening, and I'm going to put myself and Eugene and a few others to work, and we'll go out and say, look, we're going to support these guys. You know, we uh, we endorse this league. We endorse what these guys are about, and uh, we're going to do whatever we can do to help. Let me ask you about concessions. Uh, I've had a few questions brought to me even here within minutes ago. Uh, maybe like a food truck rodeo. I, I know I went out and, and seen some things in the past, but what exactly, um, I guess, what exactly is there uh, out there when you guys are doing this? Do you guys allow food trucks, or is this something that we can look at uh, helping you guys with as well with a lot of these uh, listeners that we have uh, are part of the restaurant uh, business? Well, we're not against food trucks in any way, shape, or form. Um, now, for the schools that are currently at the high schools, it's based upon your high school. Like, some of them will – they'll run the concession stand, like their booster club. Or uh, they may tell you, well, you know, we're not going to have anybody out here. You can do the concession or you'll get food trucks in. So it's really just based on where you play at. But, no, the league is definitely not against food trucks in any way. Um, you know, we – we would love to have them at the places that will allow you to bring them out to their facilities. Well, I tell you what, we're excited about that. Jay Williams joined us right now with the is commissioner with the South Carolina Youth Football Association. And just trying to do what we can do, Jay. And, again, we're going to have this uh, conversation every Thursday night going forward uh, at 630 because there is going to be a time where you're going to come on this show and you're going to say, Rich, we got the best news we've had all day. We're back. We're moving. We're going to be going to practices. And we're going to do that, too, by the way. Uh, we're going to be coming out to these fields here locally within our arms reach here and uh, introducing ourselves to the coaches while they practice. We'll introduce ourselves to the players so that when they do see us at these games, they know who we are. Of course, uh, we're going to thank them for letting us be a part of their families and be a part of what they do and giving them an opportunity. And by them coming on the radio, kind of them coming here for three hours and uh, being able to interview some of the coaches on the sideline and getting a halftime interview from both coaches. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. We'll have a player of the game that we'll be able to talk to uh, during the uh, broadcast as well. But this is going to give – this platform is going to give uh, this league a chance to be heard around the world. I mean, let's be honest. We're in Charleston, and I know there's going to be uh, family members because of Boeing and, and some of these other – manufactured plants, uh, they have family all over the world, right? They have families all over the United States. And so the cool thing is that because we are coming at you on the Internet, that they can listen while we're doing this. And then the other part, and this is actually cooler than that, I think, when these players go home the next day, they can go back to this link because it's recorded as we're live. They can go back, Jay, and listen to themselves and hear their own numbers called out. Yeah, that is tremendous. Um the reason that the game of the week got created and we started going live on Facebook Live was for that reason that you just mentioned. Players had family members that are outside of the state that constantly was like, you know, I wish I was there to see him play and things of that nature. Well, you get that opportunity. And we try to make sure every team in the league has at least one game of the week so you get that opportunity to watch your your relative or even your friend or just anyone that you want to see play. If you can't make the game, you just simply log onto the Facebook page and you watch it live. Now we're putting your voice on top of that so they can now go back, listen to the link, watch the game at the same time, hear their name call out, see the spectacular play that they, they made. I mean, it's just amazing how this thing is growing. And, uh, again, I can't thank you enough, man, and appreciate what your plans are to, as far as helping this league grow. But that was 
the reason that it was all created. And, I mean, you're just taking it to the next level for us. That's what we're all about, man. One team, one family, and we're going to get there together. But, man, I want to say again, thank you for this opportunity to be a part of it. Uh, thank you for your time tonight. Looking forward to every Thursday night at 630. Uh, you know, they say uh, if the creek don't rise and all the other good stuff, man, we'll, we'll be right here. And if it does, we'll, we'll try to wade through it as we did tonight. The, the rain was it was heavy, man. A lot of lightning popping close by, but uh, we were able to get up and moving and running. But uh, looking forward to it. You and I will catch up here soon off the air. Uh, as I tell you all the time, send me your coaches, send me any questions, anything I can do to continue to grow it. That's what we'll do. Uh, but uh, thanks again for everything, and I look forward to catching up with you every Thursday right here at 630 uh, as uh, we're going to get a sponsor for that segment just for you guys, and we'll go forward there, uh, Commission. All right, Richie, I appreciate you, man. Thank you again for having me on. If I don't talk to you before next Thursday, well, I'll see you then, 630. I'll be here. But you got a big guy. All right, there you go, guys. It doesn't get much more fun than this. To get the, you know, we do have high school, we have college, but, man, these little guys, all oh, these little guys. And what I'm going to do is uh, I work with the commission. We're going to get that player of the game on that Saturday night. He will join us on the show with the commission on Thursday night. So it's going to be a bang-bang. It's going to be a great opportunity as I bring Eugene back in for a few minutes here. Uh, Eugene, you, you start to think about it, man, the energy. Right, you, you think about what we're going to be doing. You're going to get some experience and color commentate, and of course, you know I'll do the play-by-play unless something happens. I can't be there. Then you move over. You get the, you know, you get to do the play-by-play, and we'll have one of our other members of the staff here uh, have to fill in as well. But we're going to get somebody on the field. So this is going to be, uh, I think it's going to be a heck of an opportunity, and it's going to be a lot of fun on top of it, right? Oh yeah, because uh, you know, with the young guys, you're always uh, looking forward to those lineups. You know, you see the names, the height, the weight, the this, the that, the number. You know, hopefully maybe the commission give us some, uh, have the coaches give us some nicknames so we can start uh, start to remember these kids because these are the kids like he was talking about going to wear that jersey. You know, that that logo on their chest for for many 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 years. And uh, <laughs> man, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be exciting. You know. Sometimes, sometimes those games are low-scoring defensive battles and whatnot, and sometimes you got, you know, these high-scoring festivals and all the kids are jumping up down and exciting. And that, that's what builds that love of the game. That's what builds that commitment early on. It's just that, that taste of that competition, the camaraderie with your brothers on the field, and uh, really just looking forward to it, um, looking forward to that, especially that game of the week. You know, that's going to be the one where – Maybe some other teams will be there to watch who aren't even on the field. So it should be, you know, oh, pretty definitely. good crowd sizes and, and, and some good voices and some uh, some good times. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. And, and, and there is, and I want to say this, we had, uh, you know, he's my boss in, in, in certain ways as well when I'm over at Somerville doing the broadcasting for the Green Wave and being the voice of the Green Wave. Uh, comes with a lot of responsibility. Anytime you represent, uh, something like this, and even, of course, even with the South Carolina Youth uh, League here that we're working over here with the commission, I mean, you know, it, it takes us up to another notch, man. We're held accountable here because when we move, we, we will be watched, and now we represent not just Southern Sports Central and not just the high school league and the colleges that we have the opportunity to partner with, but here we got all these families, right? So uh, there's going to be a lot of fun. You're going to be able to see uh, just how this thing works out. Uh, Eugene, because you're kind of new into this part of the scene. You've been coaching for a few years and take off the headset to some degree and put on a new headset and others. And um, you got to be a little bit more, I think, down the line. Can't be to the left, can't be to the right, but uh, it should be. It's going to be. 
uh, quite the experience, and I'm looking forward to it. And I'm just hoping, I'm hoping that once they kind of, you know, get some of this going, we can get some of these social distancing practices at least in. I know that there are a lot of uh, individuals in high schools where I will give it uh, uh, credit where credit's due. Uh, here locally, matter of fact, um, you, you know, you start to see uh, certain individuals. Uh, there's one over uh, at Fort Dorchester uh, where there's a parent who has gotten together with uh, his son. And his son went out and got two or three of the players off his high school team who got another few players off another high school team and another player off another high school team. And I love that aspect because some may say, well, you're practicing with the enemy. Look, check it out. You're, you're not, okay? You both have the same goal. You both have the same dream. You're both going to got to get there and work together. But just when the season kicks off, you just go different directions. All right, this happens all the time. And, Eugene, we don't have much time because we're going to go to break here at the top of the hour. We've got another guest coming back on the uh, Kent Farm hotline, but I love to see what, even though I get COVID-19 brought us some headaches and hard times and unfortunate, but man, we've seen a lot of good things, and that's one of them over there, of course. Um, you see it at Gahagan Park here in Somerville, where you see about 15 guys socially distanced, sometimes as many as 15, as less as about eight, but you see them from Fort Dorchester, Somerville, Ashley Ridge, um, a few other high school individuals may show in and out there, but you love to see the real character of an individual when he can put his personal things aside to have a team unity feel, and that to me is, is awesome. Yeah, you know, and that's kind of where you're talking about the coaching and pulling the headset off. We've kind of gotten to that point where uh, the headset's coming off, and, you know, you and I have been discussing a lot out there about my uh, training sessions and things like that, and, you know, we'll hear from one of the guests coming on later about some of the stuff that at the advanced level. But, you know, when I see kids, and, and I keep extending it out, even to the Somerville kids, to Gregory, to First Baptist, one of my former guys now at First Baptist, is just, uh, you know, when you can train and then you can do it safely, you know, it doesn't matter because right now no one has a jersey on. You know, you got a pair of uh, basketball shorts or, or soccer shorts or whatever you got on. No one has that jersey on. We all have one jersey on. We're all children of God. We're all the same community. And we're all in this together. And so, uh, you know, when it comes to training, we, I, I personally, I don't. it doesn't matter what school you are from or what school you attend. You know, if you want to learn the game, you want to learn how to kick the ball, you want to learn how to, you know, perfect your, uh, your skill set, you know, you have that drive and energy, man, I'm willing to teach. And so, you know, I think a lot of the kids are just looking – some of them are just looking for somebody to throw the ball to, you know, and someone to have the ball thrown to them. And it's kind of like, yeah, you know, I think kids are putting down a lot of, you know, whatever it is, you from that side of the town or you from this side of the town and just like, oh, my gosh, can we please get together and do some sports? Yeah, I would agree with you 100% here as you're coming at you live right now at the – Factory Studios, we're trying to bring you as much as we can. We're an hour away from the ringing of the bell and getting the 2020 draft up and running. That's going to be a lot of fun. I know, Eugene, you're going to be my eyes and ears, and you'll make the announcement on the first-round draft pick, and then you'll go in and you'll kind of fill it in. But because at 8 o'clock, uh, we will be joined uh, by Kevin Billadu. He is the man with a plan with Live 5 Sports over there at Live 5 News out of the uh, West Ashley area. However, I think he's actually going to come – from his house here in Somerville. He's a Somervillian, uh, as uh, you may say, uh, but he does a great job helping us out. We actually had uh, one of the big guys, Bill Sharp, 47 years in the industry, was with us on Tuesday. And, again, the question was asked, why did we bring Bill Sharp in? Why not? 47 years, he does what we do. He's the original Ron Burgundy. 
I mean, the only thing he didn't say to me was take classy Charleston, and we'll get him back in here just to say that. So uh, we do have to head to break. When we come back, Eugene, tell them who's coming up next. They got uh, the 7 o'clock interview. Jeff Mary Fralick. He's a personal sports trainer and athletic trainer, feed strength and nutrition. Looking forward to Jeff. No doubt about it. So we'll play a little Hootie and the Blowfish for you. You're not allowed to do this, but we figured we'd sing a song about it because one day you'll get back to holding hands. But until then, we'll be right back. You're listening to Southern Sports Center coming to you live right here on Blog Talk Radio. We'll be right back. With a little love and some tenderness, we'll walk upon the water, we'll rise above the mist with a little peace and some harmony. everybody hour one is done i mean in the books put a staple on it we're ready to move into hour two but i want to thank the commission for joining us for allowing us to be a part of their program over there with the south carolina youth football association if you missed the announcement early in that interview or the broadcast there you heard it uh well maybe you didn't if you didn't hear it of course uh, it is that we are going to be broadcasting live 
the games on Saturday night, the game of the week, it'll be the game of the night, the game of the day, what have you. We will be there live. Eugene and I will be doing the broadcast. We'll have somebody down the sideline. We'll interview the coaches at halftime. We'll try to get them before the game and after the game, and we'll get a player of the game. Now, the other part of that is on Thursdays at 6.30, Jay Williams, the commissioner, is going to join us every Thursday at 6.30, and he'll have not only himself, he'll also have that player of the game. So it's kind of a winner-winner here. It's a big deal. We're excited about growing in the communities. This is what we do. This is what we did since day one. We've been here for quite some time doing this in Charleston. We spread our wings a bit. We've now not only covered the entire state of South Carolina. We're in about 20 high schools in North Carolina, 15 high schools in Georgia. We're all the way in Texas and in San Diego. So we have uh, continued to grow, and we're going to do it right now because I'm going to head over back to the hotlines, and that's going to be the Tempbarm hotlines. We'll throw a little shade over here to Mr. Jay Fralick. He, of course, is with the Speed Performance Training. And uh, welcome to the show, Mr. Jeff. Glad to have you, buddy. Hopefully we can get him in here, uh, Eugene. But uh, we're looking forward to getting uh, Mr. Jeff in here to talk to him about what's going on. And if you're joining us, by the way, also, uh, we're dealing with a lot of weather here. We do got you. There you go, uh, Mr. Jeff. Welcome into Southern Sports Central. Oh, thank you for having me. Very excited to be here. It's a pleasure as ours, man. I tell you what, you got to be a busy man if you're doing one-on-one training because uh, I did look you up today as uh, Eugene was uh, super excited about bringing you in and being a part of what our dream is and, and our mission and our vision, and uh, you fit everything. I mean, you're everything that we've ever thought uh, we could ever be lucky enough to get you in here. But, uh, of course, you focus on the nutritional side, not just working out but eating right. Uh, kind of give us a breakdown yeah. of your vision, your company, and everything there, uh, Mr. Jeff. Yeah, Rich. Um, like I said, I'm I'm all about uh, nutrition. No athlete can out-train a bad nutrition. I don't use the word diet. I can't stand the word diet. Everybody has a nutrition plan. Everybody's different. Um, I'm all about macros, protein, carbs, fat. Your protein is anything that walks, fishes, or flies. Carbs, anything that comes out of the ground. I try to make it simple for my athletes. I put together a macros program based in every a- Athletes are different. Everybody has different needs. If you try to lose ten percent or you try to gain, muscle. but uh, it's about getting getting those macros in at the proper time. Live right now with Jay Frick. Of course, he is with his own company there, Speed Performance Training. He does it as good as anybody. And right now, he is going to be by far one of the busiest men uh, in the business here in the next couple of weeks. If he hasn't already, kind of picked it up a bit. But as soon as the green light goes and we start running. Back to the new normal here, uh, you can imagine people have been probably not eating as well as they have been in the past and probably not exercising as much as they have in the past. But myself, I can brag a little bit here, uh, Jeff. I've actually been running more than I've ever been because the gyms are closed. I'm getting about 24 miles in. But the hardest part that I find, and you mentioned nutrition, and I like that word too. I don't really like diet very much. It doesn't even sound appealing to me. Uh, it just kind of sounds like dying, right? I mean, it's just a whole different breed. But for me, eating healthy is expensive. Is there a way around that, or, or can you kind of talk about the nutrition yeah, part I, of, of getting in shape? Uh, absolutely. I mean, uh, anything that's fit in the palm of your hand, I mean, like proteins, for instance, chicken, fish, flank steak. I mean, uh, we can all afford that. You can go to Harris Teeter and you get chicken breast for $1.99 a pound, you know. Same, uh, same with, uh, like, tuna fish. Or even flank steak. I mean, uh, everybody thinks it's hard to eat healthy. I mean, you can go and get uh, 
uh, even frozen. I'd rather you do get fresh vegetables, but if not, get the you know the frozen variety. Um, like, and I've heard that before, and uh, I've gone into athletes' homes and pulled out a whole cupboard full of uh, crud, as they say. Ooh. So, yeah. And I have my athletes. Yeah. At this time, coronavirus, I have my athletes uh, text me their weight every Monday because I got I got some big boys, and I want to make sure they stay uh, stay in their their realm of normalcy. Live right now with uh, the coach. Uh, he's a training coach over here and he's going to help us out on Southern Sports Central, continue to help us get stronger, better mentally, physically, uh, I would say, in shape. How big is that, though? And I, I may be asking a silly question to some, but, but I want you to kind of break down the mental part of working out and how it starts in your mind and it filters down. If everything rolls downhill, but it starts literally in your mind. Kind of tell us about how important it is to keep your mind in great shape so the rest of your body can follow it. Um. It's all about, you know, I sit down with athletes and I, and I sit down and talk to them at length about their goals and what it takes. And like I said, 80% is nutrition, and I try to keep them on point in regards to their nutrition. But uh, like I said, there's six inches between your ears. It's all how bad you want it. And, and uh, you know, I have a saying, a motto. I'll read it out to you. Every day you waste is a day you can never make up. Demand more of yourself. Doing something nearly right and doing something exactly right is usually different between success and failure. The whole mind daily to think you wish to achieve. And I'm a firm believer right. in uh, – can you hear me? Yes, sir. You're fine. Go ahead. I mean, uh, there's a big mental as- aspect of it. But also you get that euphoric high after you train with uh, with your coach. You know, I'm, I'm all about working hard. Uh, not long, high peak performance. I like pushing uh, the envelope. I'm big into high intensity interval training, plyometric training, beach sand training, parachute training. I mix it up. I'm all about muscle confusion principle. So I, it keeps my athletes fresh, and they don't they don't get stagnant. Live right now with a training coach on the air with us right now, Jeff. Fralick joins us from his own company there, Speed Performance and Training, and he's talking about his athletes and staying in touch with them. Have you done a lot of Zoom with these guys? I actually did my very first Zoom meeting today, which was very interesting. I kind of felt like I was part of the Brady Bunch, maybe like a speed dating site. It was, it was, un, it was very different. But, but tell us a little bit, how are you staying in touch with these athletes? You know, it, it's mostly uh, uh, really text, text messaging me and then I've got one athlete out of New York. I have him send me uh, videos of uh, him him training on on turf and give him uh, pointers when he's uh, regarding this coronavirus where he's working by himself and with his dad. Um, that's old fashioned way. I haven't done the Zoom thing yet either. <laughs> <laughs> it's different. I'm gonna tell you, it, it it felt every bit. I kept looking up like I was at the Brady Bunch and uh, again. One of those things, now I can say I've done it. I can check the box. Uh, let me talk to you about running. You know, I started on this thing because they shut down the local gyms, and I was very blessed. I, I had the chance to work out over at Somerville High School, and I don't get to go into the – I get to say the socially accepted gyms. I go, but I try not to be as much into the certain ones around. Uh, I like to more get into the free weight things. I don't get much into some of those other machines. 
but with that being said, the gym's being closed now. It kind of forces me to use my body weight. I do have some 35 and 45 pound uh, dumbbells that I I'm going to curl with a little bit. But what do you recommend as far as some in-house things that these guys and girls can do so that when they do get back to the gym, it's not like starting completely back to ground zero? Yeah, I mean, uh, you can put two chairs together and do dips. I'm all about functional training. Uh, you can. Uh, uh, I'm about push-ups, sit-ups. Um, you look at what the uh, Army does and with their uh, tactical crew, I use a, a, a – it's called TRX. It's a strap, strapping mechanism that's built for uh, Navy SEALs. So when they're out in the field where they can do pull-ups, sit-ups, and, and leg work uh, in a matter of uh, seconds. And also finding some stairs, you know, finding some stairs. Everybody's you can find people's got stairs in their house. You know, get put your arms down on those those stairs and do some deep uh, And also get out and walk. And when I say walk, I mean three and a half, four miles an hour. I mean pump your arms, get that heart rhythm. I like every bit you're saying there, Jeff, as we're live right now with uh, one of our trainers who comes in here and helps us get better, faster, and not just the physical part, but the mental part as well. Of course, Jeff Freilich is with us right now. He's from his own company, the Speed Performance Training Group. And, uh, you know, I was uh, kind of getting into running. Like I mentioned, when the gym shut down, I run about 24 miles a week. It's about uh, – four miles a day. Sometimes I get kind of crazy and go run that Charleston bridge, which by the way, that's another thing I can check the box during uh, the COVID-19. I ran the bridge a couple of weeks ago. Boy, that five miles is a lot different than any five miles I've ever ran. What are the pros and cons of running on asphalt? I know shin splints become an issue uh, that I kind of started dealing with a little bit, but give us some ups and downs of, of, of actually running. Maybe is it too much? Is that a possibility? Yeah, I'm not a big, I'm not a, I'm really not a big fan of really running at all. I'm more of a like to see on a or a, a, a elliptical trainer, um, especially as we get older. Um, for our hips and our knees, uh, I really like to stay away. And if you like to and find a trail, like Laurel Hill over here in Park West, they got a three mile, five mile. It's a lot less uh, um, strenuous on on your joints. Yeah, that's the one thing that I did notice, Jeff, is uh, I got in, and, of course, uh, when I got the bridge in a couple of weeks, well, about a week ago, a little over a week ago, uh, Sunday, you know, I took that Monday off, right? I said, well, I kind of can tell. You, know, you get to be 42, things just don't quite, frankly, recover as quick as they used to when we were younger. That being said, I took a couple of days off. I got back after it. But just by taking a few days off, you know, it didn't hurt me as much as I thought it was going to. It actually gave my body a chance to maybe heal a little bit, kind of, I guess get into that a little bit. Do you encourage maybe if you're going to run hard one day, kind of relax a little bit and, and let your body recoup because maybe there's a quicker turnaround time? Yeah, I'm a big fan of uh, um, it's called Beyond Training, Ben Greenfield. And we, we, he talks about training and, and heart rhythm. I mean, 80% of your aerobic training really should be in a conversational uh, sort of mode, if that makes sense. But all of a sudden, if you want to go hard, you you, you drive it through the wall. But it's 80-20 um, in regards to the cardiovascular aspect. Live and right I, now with Jeff Freelich. Go Jeff. I'm sorry. Another, uh, yeah, another thing I'd like to state, I mean, 90% of the U.S. is 
dehydrated. I mean, everybody should try to get in at, at least uh, it's 128 ounces is a gallon. So, I mean, I'd like to see everybody get a gallon, but that's not going to happen. Uh, but, you know, try to get those eight glasses of water. It's just paramount, especially for flushing antioxidants out of our system. These are little things that you can do that can really help your performance as uh, as as an athlete. Love it. All the good stuff here is we're live right now, of course, with uh, the big trainer on the on the hotlines right now coming to you from the Tent Farm Hotline is Jeff Fralick. He is with the uh, Speed Performance Training Group. Eugene, I want to bring you in. I know you actually uh, know this gentleman personally. Uh, I'm sure there's a few things that you would like to ask him. And, by the way, Jeff, I'm trying to get Eugene out of the couch uh, or off the couch and on the street running, and this guy can cook as good as anybody. But, man, we got to get this guy oh, I, know. I, see, I, I see the pictures. <laughs> Jeff, Jeff, you're Jeff, Jeff, up, buddy? Jeff's hey, actually right. coming over tomorrow for dinner, aren't you, Jeff? Yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're gonna have a lot of those things. We're gonna have a lot of those things that walk and uh, and fly. Maybe not so many that swim. That's a little expensive for a big for for a group. But uh, yeah, we're gonna have some uh, high protein and high carb meals tomorrow afternoon. Um, but yeah, Jeff, you know. I, I see the videos and uh, I see the, all the training in the sand at the volleyball courts and things like that. Um, and I know you touched on that kind of thing. Um, and I know you talked about uh, an athlete in New York. Um, for some of our younger listeners from our high school kids, you know, that are they're seeking someone. Obviously, you know, we posted your information there with your business card on, on the uh, on the Twitter feed for Southern Sports Central. But, uh, you know, right. talk to us or, or let them know, I guess, here's your platform, you know, reach out to those uh, high school athletes and let them know, you know, what kind of schedules you run, what, what, when you're available, that kind of thing. Yeah, I do, I do most of my uh, training over at Park West Recreation. They've got a, uh, they've got a sand uh, volleyball court over there. I've got two or three beautiful fields. I've got, I've got a three-tiered, four-tiered uh, hill, and this, this is all in, concepts with speed training you know the beach sand is all about getting somebody's balance and also it stabilizes us around the joint and then i take them on the turf and tone drill like we do in the sand and we do the five ten five and that's what especially football players that are being evaluated through rivals.com i really try to focus on and that's and then and these athletes really don't realize there is a true technique to this. I mean, if the NFL players can be in the beach sand, my high school athletes can definitely be in the sand. Well, I tell you what, I love it. And, you know, I grew up in Myrtle Beach. Uh, Jeff Ritchie here again with you. When, you. when you start to kind of uh, – you were talking about running on the sand before I get you out of here. There is, you know, I guess pros and cons of running in different areas. You talked about finding a trail. Is that a, a wise tale that, that they say running on the sand maybe not as good for you because it's not as solid of a, a surface there? And uh, compare that maybe to running on asphalt. Uh, which one would you recommend there when it comes to getting in shape and running and, and getting that exercise in? Absolutely stay away from from the asphalt, the sidewalks. I mean, if you're going to run, I'd rather you run on – Hard packed sand, it's a lot, it's, it's, it gives, you know, concrete, concrete doesn't give. Um, I, I used to train uh, for obstacle course racing. I would run in the very shallows of, of the, uh, as the tide comes in. And then I'd do w- walking lunges. And then I'd do plyometric ops. You know, there's a lot of different scenarios on just straight out 
boring running mile after a mile. I can take somebody in 15 minutes and bury them, <laughs> you know, in a good way. <laughs> right. <laughs> No doubt about it. We're live right now with Jeff Fraley. Of course, he uh, is the uh, first of many times to join us here on Southern Sports Central. We're excited to work with, of course, Jay and his group and his vision and mission to get us all back to the new normal. But you got to get there in shape. And tell us, uh, I guess, the final thing before I get you out of here. And I do want to say thank you for your time. And uh, as I guess a reward, it looks like uh, our chef, as well as the coach, is going to feed you tomorrow night. Uh, that being said, what, what advice do you have these guys as they're slowly starting to work back? You don't think that they should go full-fledged back in the gym. And, of course, I always say that, that when we finally get the green light to go into the gym, Jeff, it's going to look like New Year's Eve or New Year's Day again when these spaces are just packed out. Quick advice for anybody listening as they're getting ready to finally bring back out their workout gear and get back in shape. Right. A lot of my athletes, they've they got uh, weights, uh, weights available in their garage. I I had one kid that was flipping tires, another one hitting tires with a sledgehammer. Um, it, it just depends if they how long they haven't touched the weight. If it's been you know a month, six weeks, you know I do uh, three sets of my exercise and let your body back into the resistance training within uh, you know a couple weeks. Well, Jeff, as always, uh, I appreciate you, and I want to give you an opportunity to kind of give yourself a plug. How do they find you? How do they get in touch with you? What's the best way to, to hire you to be that guy to take care of them, get them back up and running here as uh, we start to get back to the new norm? Absolutely. Here's here's my phone number. It's uh, 843-801-5706, and that's jeff.froeh. L I at gmail dot com. Man, I'm getting used in that there, of course. Uh, Jeff, thanks again for everything. Uh, thanks for what you do, the time you give uh, to give so many others, give back to, I guess, uh, hey, the I, many I love, things I've you got knowledge. I've got knowledge. I love to give back. You know, I'd love to help out <laughs> Coach Call, Coach Gates anytime. You just give me a holler. But I tell you what, Coach Call, I tell you, Oceanside getting. Getting Coach Call, I, I got a chance to be his radio guy for many years as he took over the program in Somerville, and uh, I still stay in touch with him daily here. He's like a brother of mine for sure. He is to be a brother of mine. So I'm excited to watch what Coach Call does over at Oceanside. And I coach, uh, coach Gates, I've had a chance to meet him last year. He's the new strength and conditioning coach. Now he's not new any longer because he's got a year under his belt over there. But uh, I know they're excited about having you around. And if you ever get up on this side of town and want to visit with some of these athletes up here, Give me a shout. I'll hook you up with whoever you need to there, Jeff. Hey, I really appreciate it. Thanks, Richie. Appreciate y'all. Always a pleasure, buddy. Enjoy the rest of the night. Stay safe and enjoy that dinner tomorrow night. I can't wait to hear about it. Oh, yeah. I'm sure there'll be pictures on Facebook. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, he's quite proud of himself with this. If it's not the dog, it's got to be the plate. But either way, what we're seeing at a moment's notice, he's uh, he's become quite the photographer. Right on. Just remember, athletes, all sports contain change of direction with explosion. That's what we're all about, making you faster. Speed kills. No doubt. You can't. I tell you what, <laughs> you want to get recruited. That word right there, got to get it done. Jeff, you, thank you very much, buddy. I appreciate everything. Look forward to getting you back. We can make this a weekly deal. We'll definitely uh, try to work that off the air, and then we'll uh, get you in here, and we can update and educate. Thank you very much, Jeff. All right, brother. Thank you. Bye now.
My pleasure. All right, guys, so we'll stay here for just a few more minutes. Eugene, I'm going to bring you back in unless you're cooking or petting the dog or whatever you got going on because we are being quarantined uh, here at Southern Sports Central as well. I'm here in the studio, by the way, at Somerville at the Factory Studios, and Eugene's hanging out at Park Circle at our sister station, if you will, sitting over there uh, kind of getting things together and uh, a lot of work being done. We got another guest coming up at 730, but a great job by uh, Jeff Freilich, who joined us here. Uh, I'm guessing he came from uh, the Mount Pleasant side of the world. Mount Pleasant, South Carolina uh, is, uh, I would imagine, his home. And uh, he does represent his own company there, Speed Performance Training. And a great, great mindset, great interview, and a great first-time call in, man. Yeah, you know, I knew he had a lot to add and a lot to talk about. You know, he does great things with athletes. And like you said, you know, he trains not only just – High school athletes, you know, it sounds like he's uh, worked with some with uh, those who've been in the armed services. He mentioned uh, some Army training or training of those individuals and some SEAL training and things like that. But, uh, you know, it's good to hear the nutritional side because, you know, a lot of athletes, a lot of teenagers just put not-so-nice things in their body, you know, whether there's junk food or things they shouldn't be eating all the time. And, you know, the, the commitment from him was that, you know, he brings them in and 80%, 80% of what he teaches is nutrition. You know, I love that he threw out that he doesn't like the word diet, you know, that he puts them on plans and he checks in with his guys or, and girls and just keeps up with them and keeps them focused and motivated, keeps them on that right track. You know, they have to stay within certain parameters, you know, and he talks about the mental side of it. You know, that's, that's kind of what you want in a trainer. It's not only just someone who, you know, can spot you with the, with the bench, but also someone who can get your body, your mind, get, get everything right, get everything going in, in, in the same direction. And that direction is making you the best athlete. Um, he touched on the rivals thing, you know. Again, we mentioned that earlier about Coles with the rankings and stuff like that. You know, rivals, as you know, from working with someone like Kenny Solomon, you hit that 4-3, four, 4-4-40, four, four, and you're a high school football player, you're going to get offers. You're going to get looks because one thing a lot of uh, one thing coaches say at the collegiate level is I can't coach size. I can't coach speed. Which in some aspects they can coach speed, but if you're a naturally gifted athlete that runs a four four and you got some size to you, you're going to get a spot on some roster. I mean, somebody's going to take chance on you, and and because all all coaches have egos, or all coaches think that you know I can train this person, but give me that four four guy and let me train him first. You know, and so he talks about that and what he does, some of the stands, some of the parachutes, that resistance training. But uh, I know one of, one of the things he's always preached on and harped on is the speed. You know, you, you always want speed, especially at your skill position. So if you're a skill player listening in, you might want to hit him up. You might want to say, hey, let me go see what this guy has to offer. Let's see if he can knock me down a, a tenth of a second on my 40 time. Because, you know, a, a big – if you're watching, for example, the NFL draft tonight, they're going to talk about 40 times, a lot, yeah, a lot at every right. position. It doesn't matter what position you are. They're going to talk about your 40 times. And if you're a four-seven receiver, you're not probably not going to get to as many millions in the draft as a four-four receiver. The uh, same thing goes for a defensive back or a running back. If you're a four-six running back, that four-two, that four-three guy, they're probably going to go ahead of you, you know, because you know speed kills. Everybody's looking for that home run hit, and so. Um, you know, right. if you're if you're an athlete, you might want to check him out and see what he can do for you. Yeah, I would agree with you. Of course, uh, Jeff Raylick uh, joining us for the first time of many, hopefully, as we're going to try to stay involved with him and his vision and mission 
as we'd like to do that, again, I, I mentioned with him and, and Eugene, I, I think it starts with your mind. All right, the hardest part about it, and everybody says, Rich, man, how did you start running four miles? You got to get the first mile behind you. When you get the first mile, you kind of say, oh, we got to do whatever after that. And then I get that next mile. Well, I'm halfway there now, and I just got to, like, get it done, and, and, and then I'm, I'm, out of the, I'm, I'm out of all the things. And then you come back, and you kind of do whatever, you know, workout you have at your house. Now, for me, it's four miles during the day, six days a week. Uh, I take Sundays off a lot of times. Every once in a while, I'll sneak in a Sunday and run. Uh, over to the bridge. I'm going to try to run the bridge once a month. It's not twice, but definitely once a month, and that's that's enough for me. That being said, uh, when I come back, I do my 500 push-ups. I do my 500 crunches, and and after a while, it doesn't show up. And here's another thing. So we're talking training. Don't think because you go to the biggest gym in the world, it's going to give you the biggest muscles in the world. Don't think that you go to the nicest place that you're going to get you know everything automatically. It doesn't happen. As a matter of fact. You're not going to see muscles right away, and that's kind of discouraging. You know, you talk about it, and if you ask Jeff or we ask any of the guys ever at the, the factory, the one downfall that they probably hear a lot from a lot of individuals is the fact that really, quite frankly, uh, they don't see uh, automatic um, results, you know, because it doesn't happen all the way like that. Because guess what? Your body didn't get that way overnight, and it's not going to change overnight. So you got to be consistent. you got to get your schedule. you got to stay in check. And everything is good in moderation. You know, my biggest weakness is sodas. I like sodas a little bit too much. So I try to buy a 12-pack, and that makes some people cringe. It probably made Jeff just cringe. He's sitting there, and the guys over at the factory are like, come on, Rich, got a good day their sodas. But I buy, tw- you know, there's 12 sodas in my 12-pack, of course. And so if I get one in the morning and one in the afternoon, then that lasts me somewhere around Thursday. So then on Friday, I re-up, right? Now, if I get out of discipline and I drink two or three extra, well, guess what? Come Tuesday – Monday, I don't have any sodas. I think anything and everything, just like, and this is true in anything you do in your life, guys, everything is good in moderation. You have to do it in moderation. You can eat a little bit normal. I don't think you got to starve yourself. I just think you just can't sit there and pound a bunch of Debbie cakes and think that whatever reason, you're going to not look like little Debbie on the box. Okay, that's just what's going to happen. So uh, you start to kind of put all that in perspective. Now, we do have to head to break. Uh, Give us a heads up. we got another guy coming in here. Uh, at 7.30, this gentleman uh, has also played uh, some football in the league. He's co- currently coaching uh, in the upstate. And uh, like you mentioned, he does some stuff with some camps. But introduce our guests coming up at 7.30, Eugene. Yeah, I'm, I'm honored to introduce uh, Coach Tony Anthony Guglielmo. He's a uh, coach over at, uh, in, in Lexington County at River Bluff High Schools where he uh, specializes in coaching the special teams, and the kickers, the punters, the long snappers. He also is a national evaluator with Coles Kicking, uh, which is like uh, we were talking about earlier with the rivals and things like that for other athletes. You know, rivals is the big uh, promoter. They also do the recruiting and handle the recruiting and training uh, for kickers and long snappers. Um, And he also runs the uh, local, which I call the local, which is the national regional training session. I have many of my kids in that training session, and that's been done out of River Bluff, which is obviously shut down due to – coronavirus but uh you know he, he handles the training which is the one-on-one stuff and brings in kickers like the current kickers at uh clemson and south carolina and some other schools and uh you know he gets on you know puts puts hands on the kids and and trains them to be the best athletes they can be really look forward to having uh, coach tony on here love the guy a lot you know respect what he does he and i talk uh, every other day about what kids can do and what I can do as a kicking coach myself. And uh, he helps me to be a better coach. I've learned a lot from him. 
And that's a lot of fun here. Anytime we can, we get in here with these coaches and, and to bring in the excitement. I love getting high school coaches in here that, that do not just the things on their field. They go out and individually work on guys and the mindset. Oh, the mindset. I'm looking forward to that conversation uh, with him as well. What is he doing right now? And, of course, I know he's waiting in the queue right now, so we're going to have to go to a quick break. We'll get to a commercial from the Temp Farm here coming up. But are, are, you know, are they doing the right thing and keeping up with their players? How are they keeping up with their players? They were there at the high school that he's at. So we got that. We got a lot of questions. He's got a lot of answers, and we've got to take a break. So when we come back, we're going to check up with the coach in the upstate. We'll get him and all the other things that we're kind of dealing with up right here on Southern Sports Central. Stay tuned, guys. You're listening to Southern Sports Central right here on Blog Talk Radio, Facebook, and, of course, southernsportscentral.com, guys. Stay tuned. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Rich Elman, alongside the coach, Eugene Benton, here, live here on Southern Sports Central on Blog Talk Radio. We're excited to go back to the hotline. And, of course, uh, live over there on the tent farm, we're going to get in here with another coach for the first time, and we're going to get into another school. As uh, we welcome in here, Coach Anthony Guglielmo. Is he from now River Bluff High School? I believe he works in special teams, so we'll talk about that in the entire program over there at River Bluff. A lot of respect for that school. He's also the national trainer and evaluating for the Colts kick and camp. And without further ado, Coach, we welcome you to Southern Sports Central. Hey, thanks for having me on, guys. Always a pleasure, man. Uh, so, first of all, uh, you're the first time uh, that we've had a chance to say we've got somebody in here from River Bluff, so we're excited to add a River Bluff to the wall here. <laughs> we're going to have to get a hat or a shirt and something, put it on the wall here 
as uh, we keep building this resume of high schools and we keep jumping in. And we want to go ahead now before we get into our interview with you, Coach, and say if you got any players. I mean, they could be on the uh, on your under you or any other coach there on the staff. We'd love to invite them on the air, give them some opportunities to speak a little bit here and uh, tell us who they are. And, of course, if you've got any other coaches over there, uh, send them our way. And then, of course, uh, we want to welcome anybody that you have over there at River Bluff that may be a senior that plays a spring sport. On Sundays, we do a 20, uh, 2020 senior highlight show for three hours where we just talk to the high school uh, senior athletes. Because of the fact that our season was cut short, we'd love to give them a voice, an opportunity maybe to give that senior speech. Uh, and uh, we would love to have you guys be a part of it, Coach. Yeah, absolutely, man. We have uh, – uh, we're, we're very blessed with a large school to have some really good seniors all across the board from uh, our, our soccer program. Um, baseball program, football as well, you know, all the spring sports. So I've uh, got a couple of kids that, um, you know, our, our soccer coach, um, Phil Savage does a great job with our soccer team, uh, plays Wando pretty hard down there every year. So we always have some great seniors that come out of that program, great young men. And the same thing with coach uh, Mark Bonnet on the baseball side of things. Uh, a couple of kids committed to Clemson, uh, South Carolina, um, you know, Newberry, a lot of other schools, so uh, they, they do a great job with their spring programs. Not not to mention our our track and field and all that stuff. So if we can get them on, we uh, we sure will. Well, we'd love to have them in here and let this uh, be the voice of uh, of River Bluff here on Southern Sports Central. Glad to have our coach Anthony in here with us, all the way from River Bluff High School, uh, checking in with us, coach. It's a different time. It's a different era. Uh, in my 42 years, I've never seen this happen where we've shut down the entire not town, but the entire world, right? I mean, for the first time ever, everybody anywhere, everywhere is dealing with the same thing, and slowly they're starting to get back to a new normal. Uh, but, but kind of give us what's been happening at River Bluff. How are you coaches staying involved with your players? Uh, how are you guys doing with the grades? Uh, do you have uh, a class that you teach? I'm sure maybe you have some little ones. Uh, introduce yourself to us and uh, kind of answer some of the questions there. Yeah, well, um uh, so I don't actually work at the school, just an assistant coach, um, and kind of have a full-time deal. I build, uh, build uh, football stadiums um, for a living or sell and design football stadiums for a living. I actually uh, built the, the new stadium down there at Wando High School and the one that just went up uh, in North Charleston, um, as well as River Bluff and some other ones. So um, that's that's kind of my uh, nine-to-five gig. You know, always loved kicking, played at Charleston Southern a little bit, and um, you know, never, uh, never lost my, my love for the game and wanted to, to coach the kids. So, um, brought, uh, brought back over to River Bluff once, uh, once, uh, coach Bennett took the job, uh, left Soxty and, and came to uh, River Bluff and took the job and, and, uh, coach Blair Harden has taken over since then and has done a, a remarkable job with the program and the turnaround and what we've had, uh, being a, a young school, um, so we're doing the best we can um, as a family unit. Uh, Blair does a great job as a coach, uh, as, a, as a mentor, as an AB, to, uh, to really have a family atmosphere with the coaches as well as the players. So, you know, we, we keep up with each other as coaches to make sure everybody's doing well. And then, you know, each individual position coach, uh, you know, has a group of players that they'll reach out to uh, pretty frequently to see how they're doing. I reach out to, obviously, my kickers and punters and snappers and, um, you know, first is, is really, you know, how are they doing mentally and physically? You know, this is uncharted waters for all of us again. So, you know, it's just a real weird and, and strange time. But, um, you know, I think the, the best uh, attribute of any good coach is adapting. And, um, 
I think that we've adapted as best as possible uh, as far as really keeping up with them first. You know, football's on the back burner right now. Everything's on the back burner. It's really the health and safety of our kids. Um, so I think we, we do a good job there. Um, a little bit different with uh, the grading system up here. Um, you know, River Bluff is a little bit more of a, a I'd say, a progressive school, uh, comparatively speaking. I'm in and out of schools all the time. And um, they're on an expedition learning plan, uh, which uh, Principal Luke Clamp uh, brought into place years and years ago. Uh, it does a fantastic job with the students. So more of a college atmosphere. Uh, kids have independent learning time, time on, time off during the day. Uh, to kind of give them that that college feel uh, to learn what to do with their on and off time. Uh, unfortunately, now they have a lot of off time. So, um, you know, how do they manage that? They're doing a good job with online, uh, you know, Zoom and, and Google Meet um, classes. I know my 16-year-old daughter, who's a golfer there, uh, she's stayed pretty busy uh, with, with both golf, uh, which is a good thing. The golf hasn't shut down yet. Thank God. Um, we've been able to go out and hit some golf balls and, and really cut grass more than hit golf balls, but uh, we, we do what we can there. Um, but, but she stays busy with schoolwork and, um, you know, still turning in assignments and, and all of that stuff, but definitely different. Uh, so I think uh, everybody's adjusting both, uh, you know, mentally and physically at home, uh, you know, schoolwork and then trying to find some time to exercise and, and really uh, perfect their craft in whatever sport they play. So uh, definitely interesting, uh, but uh, I think we have a, as good of a handle on it as we can here. Live right now with the coach all the way from River Bluff High School in South Carolina in the state here of the Palmetto. And, of course, that is Coach Anthony Gugliano joins us. Now, Coach, did I hear correctly, and maybe I, I, I wasn't aware, that you, you spent some time over at Stockton High School, my alumni. Oh, by the way, class of 97, uh, back in the day when I guess Coach Bennett was around. Well, Coach Bennett, uh, I met Coach Bennett while he was at Sockestee High School. And um, right. once he learned that uh, as, after he took the job at River Bluff, and I was actually visiting Sockestee High, uh, High School, and he uh, uh, for, for my real job and the bleacher job, and uh, he, he found out that I was a, a national instructor with Coles Professional Kicking Camps. And he says, you know, Coach Bennett's a great guy. He says, you just going to come over on over to River Bluff and you're going to coach our kids. <laughs> you know, you can't say no to the man. Uh, you know how he is. Right. So um, very uh, charismatic, outgoing person. Now he's the athletic director of our whole uh, district in Lexington, District 1, and does a phenomenal job with that as well. So, yeah, just, uh, just a great guy and um, brought me over when we started in 2013, and I've been there ever since. Now, you also mentioned you spent some time at Charleston Southern. You, you talk a little bit about growing up in, in the world of sports a little bit and, and, and how you're able. And number one, I appreciate you playing the game, and then I appreciate it more than even playing the game. I appreciate you coming back and being part of teaching the game. I think that's so uh, important that, that we don't forget where we come from, and you've done that here at Charleston Southern, uh, and, and you kind of look at things. But, but talk about how you've seen uh, the Buccaneers, right? How you've seen the growth of what this school has done and. And you just watch. Now they've got a new coach. He came in from uh, Notre Dame, right? And and I, you see, it took a little rough start, but boy, they kind of turned things around. But uh, I guess kind of give us a little bit of your path, your history. What what kind of made you into the coach that you are now, and to give that opportunity, man? Not only coaching at the high school level, you're teaching kids all around the country. Yeah, I, I tell you, and I feel that this is true with just about any high school player that really loves the game. Uh, my 
my high school coach has probably made the largest impact on me as far as wanting to give back and play the game and the love of the game. Uh, played at uh, Ridgeview High School here in Columbia for Burnett, who is uh, head coach AD at uh, Airport High School now. Um, and, and, you know, was, was a tough coach, but, you know, we were three years into the program there, went to the state championship and, you know, uh, did well enough to, to get into college, played a little bit. It wasn't very good, but uh, from what I hear, the, the players that aren't great uh, turn into be better coaches. So I, I pray that's what's going on there. But, uh, you know, th- those guys, you know, I could I could rattle off a few coaches from Ridgeview between Coach Burnett, Coach Starnes, uh, Coach Mims, a lot of these guys that just really made an impression on me and, you know, uh, loved on me as a person first and then molded me as a football player second. And, uh, you know, that's that's where I get the most joy with these kids today. You know, not everybody's going to be a five-star athlete. Not everybody's going to go to the, the big-time college. You know, I, with Charleston Southern, nobody had ever heard of uh, until they went to uh, North Dakota State a few years ago and almost won and unfortunately lost by a kick. Uh, but, you know, when they you know, start to escalate and uh, the, the Buccaneers do start to escalate in their, their program, then – you know, I'm I'm I've been proud to wear that ring and say I went there uh, for for years. But now people nationally start to recognize it, and it's um, it's good to see. I've, I've met the new coach. I think he's going to do a great job. Coach Padilla doing special teams down there as well. Um, you know, I, I really think that program's got a bright future. Uh, we've also met with them about expansion of their football stadium and, and press boxes and, and things of that nature. Um, but uh, they're they're on the climb. Um, and it, it's it's a difficult situation, you know. You're at a, um, for you know, most part of a Southern Baptist school, but you know, it, they they really have done a great job bringing some coaches in over the last decade to uh, to really bring that program from from the the roots up, and um, it, it's been fun to watch for sure. Hey, Coach Tony, it's Eugene here. I just wanted to ask you a couple questions about the. Uh training because I know with our guys you know it's been very very different than what we had scheduled and you know I appreciate all the texts and all the uh was it the remind apps that you set up for these guys but um talk to us a little bit about the uh I know last Sunday you did a virtual training session you're uh having kids from around the country or at least within Georgia South Carolina North Carolina send you tapes and you're evaluating and sending back you know talk to us kind of about the change that that's going on and how you're adapting you know, you as a as a trainer and evaluator and polls in general. Yeah, so the the best thing that we did, um, I believe, as a, as a group, uh, we immediately got on the, the uh, a group chat together. Uh, the organization, Jamie Cole, uh, Casey Casper, Luke Radke, Joe Gardner, all these guys that are, are um, all around the nation, and uh, we we felt that you know we obviously we have to shut everything down so the best the next best thing is to go to uh, a virtual training which we do with the huddle technique app you know got a couple of your kids actually just sent one to uh, coleman uh, down there at oceanside today Um, but uh, i'm able to uh, see their film um, from different angles that i want to see it break it down frame by frame and while i'm doing that they can they can hear me. I'm recording my screen, so they can hear me and what I'm saying and giving them pointers. I'm able to draw on the screen and you know kind of show them what I want them to do, drills I want them to work on, and how that would look, um, and and then sending that video back. So uh, and, that, and that seems to be helping these guys you know a, a great deal. We typically train every other week for ten sessions. Uh, usually starts you know late February, goes through in the you know in July at some point. So these guys are peaking uh, physically. 
um, mentally going into that season uh, for August. They're not just getting back into it as you know fall camp starts. So that's the that's the uh, progression of the program. But uh, they've done a great job uh, for the most part sending in film, um, you know, punt field field goal film. They're, these kids are finding a way, man. I mean, some of them are uh, sending film in. You know, they're punting over their house into the next guy's backyard, or they're kicking you know, into a barn door or whatever, it doesn't matter. I don't really care. And, you know, that's the great thing. They don't either. They just want to get out, um, you know, be safe and, and learn and perfect their craft. So, you know, it's been very, uh, very helpful to, to use uh, the tools that we that we do have at our disposal. Uh, and then, yeah, the, uh, this weekend we decided to do a meeting where we had about, um, I think it was 30, 40 kids online at one time, um, and did kind of a demonstration one of my college kickers, McLean Robinson, um, out of uh, Wingate. And uh, unfortunately, we picked a day it was going to rain in Columbia, but we uh, we just rolled with it. So um, guys were able to learn a lot of drill work there uh, that we would typically be doing this time of year. You know, it's not about how far you kick right now. Nobody cares. Nobody's in the stands. That's what I tell these kids all the time. Uh, it's about what you do in the fall that matters. So they're putting in the time they're uh they're giving the effort we're doing as much as we can staying in touch with them and then as soon as we can hit the field i would hope here in the next month then uh you know we'll we'll get that uh one-on-one time back but it's definitely going to look different when we come back uh, we've already prepared for uh you know uh sanitation stuff for you know their all of their equipment uh masks and, and things of that nature breaking them up into groups and, and social distancing even with that we've already have that mapped out for what we're going to do when we do come back together. So going to be a little, a little different now, a little different when we come back, but uh, end of the day, hopefully we'll turn out some, uh, some pretty good kickers here in the state of South Carolina, North Carolina, Georgia. And, uh, and then we just go from there. Yeah. I'm definitely looking forward to those Sundays, man, at that uh, beautiful facility or uh, treat us to every other Sunday afternoon. It's a great place. If anybody hadn't checked out a game or been up there, uh, one of the, uh, Spencer and dad and I actually walked around during the last thing and just checked out the whole facility. It's amazing up there. Um, also, too, you, you touched on it, and I know I met the young man um, there from Wingate, but I, I know you bring in some of the college kickers from some of the high school kickers that may have tuned in that might be interested in joining in training. One, is it too late to join? And two, you know, talk about some of the high school players that you have. I mean, the, the college players come back, you know, and give time and also uh, do some training. You know, so some of these high school players that are, you know, maybe on the fence or want to join up, you know, talk to them about, you know, what they can expect and uh, who might be joining. You know, some of them are looking up to some of these other uh, Division One or Division Two or whatever athletes, you know, just kind of, you know, talk about that and talk about who they can expect to see and what type of training they can get there. Yeah, we'll lock down every week to train with me, uh, my my head uh, kicking instructors that, that – uh, work with me I, I lead the the division and they uh, basically assist so I'll give instruction and then their job is to walk around and make sure that everybody's doing you know the drills the, the correct way but uh, my, my two main guys for for kicking here that stay in Columbia for the most part are uh, Parker White uh, out of the University of South Carolina from Wando who I've trained since he he was at Wando High School way back in the day uh, McLean Robertson is a kid that came out of uh, uh, River Bluff and was kind of a sleeper. Uh, took him up to Wisconsin last year, and against uh, non-D1 starters at the time, kids that had not started for a D1 program, he ended up uh, finishing fourth 
uh, out of the top five left. And the, the guys that were left were Michael Reichardt out of Alabama. We had Cade York out of LSU and Gabe Dickrick out of uh, Oklahoma. So he's right up there with some of the best in the nation, in, in my opinion. Um, don't really care where you play. And that's one thing about being a kicker. I don't care uh, if you play 1A or if you play 4A. Um, kicking's kicking. You can put an end zone. You can put an end zone. Doesn't matter. So uh, college coaches can look at you, and you don't. You know the 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 team you're playing doesn't matter as much as it does in other positions, which is what I like. Um, but uh, as far as the training division is concerned, you know, with you know, fortunately with uh, this situation, it's not too late to sign up. They'll be able to come in on the punt side of things. Uh, Caleb Barry played four years at Catawba, four years uh, at Lexington High School before that, um, and Presley Harvin out of Sumter, uh, starting punter as a junior at Georgia Tech now, uh, who I've trained since he was probably a sophomore in high school in Sumter. They kind of take over the uh, the punt side of the field, um, and then we kind of work kickoff together. And then eventually, we, you know, we'll rotate some other guys in. BG Potter from Clemson will come in here and there. Um, you know, we'll try to get uh, uh, some of the new – definitely the new guys coming in to South Carolina. Kai Kroger is a kid that is a Coles guy that are trained and, and actually had him in a Blue-Gray All-American game with me this year. Uh, so he'll be there as well working with punt. Um, big lefty kid with a with a with a hammer, man. He's just a great kid that can that can really play. Is big asset for uh, for Clemson. Big pickup for them. But uh, you know we'll have a couple of guys, Dawson Hennis at Wofford, and you know just you know whoever uh, shows up, you never know. Um, Harrison Bucker's planning to come to my Atlanta division, and uh, Will Lutz I've already talked to about possibly coming to Columbia at some point as well. And you know those two being where they are in the NFL with the contracts they have and their, their track record, um, you know, we'll be in pretty good shape if we get them in here and, and kind of reignite the kids, uh, excite them and, and get them ready to uh, get them ready to train. Um, and sometimes it's a little better for me to hear it from an NFL or a college guy than it is for me. Uh, so, uh, you know, it does help, but yeah, they can definitely contact me, uh, Anthony at coleskicking.com or, or go to coleskicking.com and, and register for the training division still. Um, you know, we're, you know, still up in the air again about when we're going to start, but we uh, have committed to getting all 17 and a half hours of training in one way or the other before, uh, before the season starts. Yeah, that's awesome, man. And like I said, I, I know the kids that I train here locally are, are looking forward to it as well as I'm, you know, I, I, I admitted on the air, there's so much I learned just watching your film sessions before we even hit the field and some of the things that you teach on the field. And um, you touched on the, uh, you know, the athletes are at some of the bigger schools. I know the one and two signed by Clemson. I mean, signed with um, Alabama and LSU. And before that, you know, we had BT Potter signed with Clemson. Um, as a kid who's a high school kicker, and like I said, maybe someone who might be on the fence with some of the training, you know, talk to them a little bit, reach out, you know, maybe uh, let them hear from you, you know, what goes into the evaluations and what goes into the ranking systems and, and what Coles can do to help promote their brand, you know, and try to get them to the next level. Yeah, so the the reason I signed with Jamie Cole was the, the way that not only the, the coaching aspect of it, but the actual um, – evaluation and ranking uh we do the ranking for espn uh also we pick all the kickers and punters and snappers for the under armor all-american game blue uh, blue gray all-american game so on and so forth so very well respected and well rooted in the college 
um, realm right now. Uh, so I coached guys locally here, you know, Presley Harvin, Caleb Berry, those kind of guys started going to show Coles showcases doing well and kind of made friends with Jamie at those deals and ended up being his regional instructor. Um, the, the thing that I like about Coles and, and there are a, a lot of parents that'll see this and it's a two year rotation, you know, there's some parents that are, you know, just coming into this, don't see what happened two years ago or four years ago or six years ago. They only see the, you know, here and now, what other people are putting on Twitter. Um, it does bother me a lot uh, about some of these camps where, um, you know, it's about the more camps you come to and the more money you spend with a certain organization, the higher you're going to get ranked. Um, Coles is the only organization that I've ever seen that puts their rankings out online in black and white per their name. You know, we chart your distance and your hang time on your punts, on your kickoffs. Uh, we chart your field goals based on, uh, a, a, a grid system which you've seen in us do in Atlanta and at IMG in Florida um, and, and it's very structured there's no uh, we're, we're not showing favoritism to any one kid um, now if we see a kid as a sophomore and he, he's the number one kid in the nation uh, then that's where we're going to rank him but if we don't ever see him again his senior year comes around there's going to be a lot of people that jump him obviously because we haven't seen him um, but it doesn't mean he has to come to every single showcase, every single camp. We're, we're going to rank according to what the guys produce on the field, uh, not what we, you know, feel. Um, Jamie's never ranked anybody based on the, the, the money somebody's put in his pocket, and that's what I really respect about him, um, especially this day and age where we have, and, and not knocking anyone in particular, any sport in particular, but you know, there's all these travel teams and baseballs and soccer and AAU and so on and so forth. And I really feel like, you know, for certain few kids, that's great. Um, but for, for the majority, um, it's tough, man. They don't see how tough it is on these parents just to make it to, to one training session or, or, or one charting session. Um, and we, we try to take all that stuff into account. Um, and, and that's why I believe we've been one of and continue to be one of the most well-respected um, organizations across the country as far as college D1 athletes, D2, D3 athletes. Um, there's 100% now, we've nailed it down, 100% of D1 colleges have at least one of our players that we've uh, coached, charted, ranked um, on their uh, roster currently. So um, nobody else can say that. Uh, we, we see the most kids every year, and if a kid wants to come and get evaluated, um, and, and our, our, show, our showcase camps, which are probably going to be pushed back, uh, it's the best way. We, we see the best of the best. Uh, our Atlanta showcase typically uh, is about 200 players, um, kickers, punters, and snappers on three or four different fields. Um, you know, if you want to see where you stack up nationally, that's probably the best place to do it. Um, and then obviously, you know, I know you, Eugene, you brought your guys down to IMG where we had a, a handful of the elite guys down there at IMG Academy, um, you know, for another evaluation uh, later on last year. And it's, um, it, it's a big difference to see where you stand at your school versus your area, your region, uh, and then stepping out into the state and then on the hour stage where you're in the national spotlight. So a um, little more pressure, uh, mental, uh, your, your mental capacity has to be there emotionally. Uh, you got to know what you're doing and, and, uh, muscle memory just takes over from there. If you're if you're the guy, then you'll be the guy when you get done. Uh, so uh, we we like our system. We uh, we we've, we feel like we've 
massaged it uh, over the last 20 years and done a great job with it. And, uh, and it, it, it shows in uh, the kids that come and the kids that get produced out of the program. Live right now with, of course, uh, the coach. And I tell you what, we've learned a lot. I've learned a lot. I know, Eugene, you do this as well on the side. And uh, you're actually getting ready to go full throttle here in Charleston with your kicking camp there. But live right now on the Tent Farm Hotline, we've got the coach all the way from River Bluff High School, uh, Coach Anthony Gugliano joins us here. And, Coach, I do want to say thank you so much for your time. We're very blessed to continue to surround ourselves with so many great individuals like yourself. The time, the energy, and everything that you're giving away from your family to give it to other families, number one, we greatly appreciate it. Earlier uh, this week we had uh, what I would like to call a quarterback uh, guru, whisperer, if you will. Ramon Robinson joined us. And now we get to add you to the roster. We get to add you to our coaching tree over here with uh, special teams, just special things. And, you know, that's kind of normal, though. I mean, you said that these guys have to have a mindset, but that kind of goes with the territory. I mean, they're the most strangest kids. I do play-by-play, by the way, over for, uh, Somerville. Uh, and they've got a phenomenal kicker over there as well. And they've got to introduce you to him. But uh, when you yep. think about Good it, kid. yeah, I watch these guys at practice, man. They are just – they're entertaining. I, I mean, these guys are creating mm-hmm. their own scenery, if you will. What is it about a kicker that just makes these guys just so much different? They're, they're definitely a different breed. Um, some of it comes from um, isolation, and, uh, and some of it comes from boredom. Um, but, uh, you know, for the most part, they're great kids. Uh, I, I know uh, one quick story when Bradley Pinion was at Clemson, uh, Amon Lankett had kicked the ball into the pond over there at the training facility, and they ended up getting into one of the tubs and, and uh, using their helmet as a row to get out to, or a paddle to get out to the ball, and, you know, they got caught, got in trouble for it, but yet very entertaining uh, you know, to be a specialist with the things and there's a little bit of downtime that they get. Uh, you can't kick for, for, you know, three hours. It's just impossible. They, they kick themselves out and it, and it is a craft. Um, uh, here at River Bluffs, a little bit different. We we like our kickers to, to warm up with our wide receivers and uh, they go by their own names. They don't go by hey kicker, hey punter. Um, you know, they, everybody knows them by name. They're part of the team. But, uh, but yeah, definitely a, a different breed. Um, Mentally, they have to be prepared, and that's what we try to do the best uh, with them and try to get them to understand. And, uh, you know, Eugene's heard me say this before, and I say it multiple times, but, you know, quarterback goes out and throws 30 passes for the game, and he ends up at, you know, 70, 75%, something like that. Uh, You know, he's done pretty well for the game. Um, You know, kicker goes out and hits three, four field goals, he goes 75%. Well, he, he might not be so liked on the bus if they end up losing that game. So, you know, it can't be a, a deal where they're just on half the time and, and, uh, and not the rest. Uh, you know, some of the best guys, one of my, one of my good buddies, Pat McAfee, some of you guys listen to on uh, Barstool Radio, some of the punters have the best hands in the league. You know, they, you, know you drop it one snap, it's, it's noticeable. It's kind of like being a safety on defense. Um, you know, wide receivers have great hands, but – you know, you got a ball humming back there at about, uh, I don't know, 60 miles an hour in the NFL. Um, it'll take your hands off real quick if you're not ready for it. So, you know, it's uh, it's, it's definitely something that's got to be repped. Uh, you can't punt it if you can't catch it. Kickoff is is a it, its own deal, and field goal is an operation thing between you know the three guys: kicker, punter, uh, snapper. So, or I'm sorry, kicker, uh, holder, snapper. My punter is my holder. So. You know, it's it's uh, it is different, um, but yeah, a little bit of it I think just comes from 
you know, straight up boredom and, and not having enough field to kick on because the rest of the team takes uh, takes up so much at most most schools. But um, no, it's uh, it's a lot of fun watching them for sure. Well, it's been a lot of fun having you on here with us. Thank you so much for your time here on a Thursday night at uh, National Draft Day here. Of course, a little bit of normalcy getting back to us on ESPN here in about, well, any time now as we'll get to the draft. I know you're probably going to be like the rest of us here and kind of settle in a little bit. And uh, hopefully you can turn that down and turn us up, listen to the rest of the show. But let's get you in here on a regular basis, Coach. We'd love to have you. You can – Give yourself a plug real quick uh, one time. How do they find you? How do they locate you? And how do they get better uh, by getting in touch with you? Yep, just uh, hit me up on, on Twitter. Uh, I know you guys have uh, tagged me on the show, so that's one way. Uh, hit me up on Twitter, Instagram, or uh, just email anthony at com. It's the best way to, to, to get in touch with me. I'll respond fairly quickly. I'll uh, I'll, I'll snag some, uh, some, some River Bluff thread for you to, to bring back down next time Eugene's up here I'll give him something to bring down for your wall and um, yeah, anytime we, uh, we can help out and, uh, and inform and, and coach man I'm, I'm down for it so uh, I appreciate you having me on no doubt about it it's our pleasure we greatly appreciate it and uh, we'll see you the next time coach all right y'all take care there you go ladies and gentlemen first of many visits here to the studio at southern sports central coming all the way from river bluff high school he is the special teams coach but he does special things all around the country and uh, we got to thank coach anthony gugliana joins us over there on the tent farm hotline we're against it guys we're actually over it and we're going to now head to break we're going to come back kevin billadu is going to check in with us we're going to get into the nfl draft and uh remember back in 2011 the fourth pick in the 2011 draft, it was A.J. Green right here in Somerville, South Carolina. So uh, we'll talk about that and much more as you're listening to the greatest show on earth right here. Southern Sports Central, guys. Stay tuned. Coming back, third hour. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Richie Alvin, alongside the coach, Eugene Benton here, as it is National Draft Day. It kicks off today, and it'll be the next few days. We'll get a little bit of football, and it'll be a lot of fun. But for the next hour, we're going to bring you, hopefully, another solid hour of guests as we're going to uh, get you up in just a few with Kevin Billadu. He's with Live 5 Sports over there at Live 5 News. He'll join us, talk to us about what his thoughts, his opinions, is uh, some draft answers are going to come out here in the next few minutes and then the next hour We'll probably be through, what, three or four, maybe five or six picks here, Eugene, uh, as we are going to head back over now to that hotline I talked about the tent farm as uh, we welcome in the man, the myth, and the legend over Channel 5, Live 5 Zone, Kevin Billadu. Kevin, man, you're ready. It's uh, it's draft day, baby. It's kicking off. I'm excited, man. It's, it's good that something's finally going on. We've been waiting for, feels like, months now. <laughs> Man, you guys have done. By the way, congratulations to you guys filling up the time. I don't know how you're doing it. I mean, anything from, uh, you know, backyard barbecues or whatever. But, you know, when you look at it, uh, what's been the hardest thing? And, and how are you guys over there kind of kept up? You and your sidekick. That guy, by the way, I had a chance to meet him this year at the football games. Great guy. You guys make a really good one yeah. punch. But uh, 
What's been kind of the what's been kind of the, the biggest hit minus and we're gonna get into the coaches in just a minute. But other than the coaching carousel in the low country, what's been kind of the, the most interesting thing you've learned that you didn't know prior to some of this situation? Oh my god. I mean it's 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 been a crazy couple of weeks and, and like you said, the the coaching carousel has really filled up a lot of our time and, and this week really the draft has, has taken most of our time. You know, talking about all the local guys that are, are going to hear, hear hear their name called over the next couple of days. So, so that's really been the big thing. And I'll tell you, one of the things I didn't know is is how big this the the esports things are really getting. Many emails about leagues that are starting, and I know Porter Gal's got a league going on right now for for Rocket League, I think. So that I was surprised with how much they're you know everyone's kind of moving over to that. You know, we see the the i racing and NASCAR and that kind of stuff. So. That's good to see. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun. Unfortunately, it's cost one NASCAR driver his job because the uh, not the smartest situation there. We won't get into that. But uh, other than that, <laughs> you start to kind of look at some things. <laughs> we just heard that the high school league is done. They are not going to be able to do anything. Why? Because the high school, uh, well, the schools in general have shut down for the rest of the year. What's your thoughts on something like right. this? You've covered sports a long time. You've been a Charlestonian or a Somervillian, if you will. Uh, for quite some time since you've relocated, you know, down here in this area. But uh, kind of give me your take from it, from the from, from the news desk and what you guys are seeing over there at, at Channel 5 when it comes to such a huge announcement yesterday. Yeah, I mean, it was really the only the only decision that really made sense at this point. And, you know, I was talking to, to Wando's soccer coach, their girls' soccer coach, Shannon Camp, Shannon Champ yesterday, and – you know, I, I talked to her about the fact that, you know, a lot of parents were upset that they called off the rest of the sports season. And I asked her what she thought about that. And she said, you know, I haven't seen my, my team in six weeks. So how am I going to, you know, if they decided to start the season up again, how am I going to get them together and get them in game shape to presumably start the playoffs right away? And, you know, at the same time, they've got to be focused on academics and, and getting their class stuff ready. So, that really kind of put it in perspective. Like when you think of the fact that these teams haven't been together now for six weeks, really just doesn't, you know, make any kind of sense how they can get going. I also talked to, to Mike Darnell, the head baseball coach over at Bishop England, and he was saying, you know, kind of the same thing, just that if you restart this thing and, you know, you just go right to the playoffs, then it's just going to be the team that kind of has the, the most talented players on it is, are just going to come back and, and just beat up every, everyone else. And, you know, it doesn't matter if you put the best team together. Just after this much time of being away, then then that doesn't really matter what kind of team you have. It's just going to be who has the best one or two players in each sport. Yeah, I would agree with you. And that's something that I got into with a couple of athletic trainers around the state here on the show and off the air as well. And it was it's going to take three weeks prior to even getting on the field to get back into physical shape because I'm not thinking that most – of our athletes probably were working out and doing things. I mean, you do see some few on social media, but a lot of them, you know, they've got a lot of things going on. They're not used to being a homeschool student. That's something new. There was just a lot of ifs, ands, and buts. And, you know, I, I kind of understood the high school league trying to drag it a little bit, give them some hope, give them some be optimistic. But the reality part, once they shut the school down, I kind of thought, mm, don't see it happening. And quite frankly, I'm actually a little concerned about the fall season. What's your take on the fall as we – we have the unsure things there. And, of course, social distancing is still going to be a thing in August and September, no matter where we are as far as uh, playing football here in the next few months. Yeah, I mean, that's, that seems to be the, the big money question for everybody because, you know, we've, we've talked before, but, you know, 
all the sports are great, but we all know that it's football that really brings in the money, especially in high school. And, and football goes a long way, especially at these bigger schools, to, to funding, you know, all the other sports, you know, during the course of the season. So, you know, they are – from what I – you know, I listened in on the high school league meeting yesterday, and they seem pretty hopeful that, you know, by about the beginning of August, that schools are going to be able to go back, you know, be on track to go back when they're supposed to. And that beginning of August, the fall team should be able to start practicing, uh, you know, and that's of course contingent upon everyone doing what they need to do now. And that's social distancing and, and staying away from each other and, and not letting this thing spread anymore. Yeah, I agree with you. We're live right now with uh, Kevin Villadu, live five, Sports over here in Charleston, South Carolina, from the Live Five News Group over there. We had Bill Sharp, by the way, with us on Monday, or excuse me, on Tuesday. Uh, man, that's a sharp dude. Been doing this for 47 years. Uh, he said you said some nice things about me, and I definitely owe you a steak dinner because uh, that was really nice of you. And not sure all of it was true, <laughs> but he did a great job. We even got a guest appearance from William, his son, and it was just cool. You guys, uh, you and I, and of course it started with Andy and you and I and all, but. What a great relationship, and it's fun to work with you, man. I just want to say this while everything's going in chaos. Thank you so much for always – it could be sometimes the last minute. It could be whatever, but you've always been that guy that said, hey, man, whatever you need, I got you, and I appreciate that. Absolutely. And, you know, Sharp's one of the best people I've, I've worked with, you know, in the you know, almost 20 years now I've been doing this. And, you know, my favorite, my favorite thing with Sharp was – I don't know if you remember this from, from – gosh, it was probably about nine, ten years ago now – but the thing, the one time I always remember looking at Sharp, he's going, this guy is amazing, was the time there was a guy who pulled his car up on the Ravenel Bridge, and he wrote on the side of it that, that he'd had a bomb in there. And he did this at like, I want to say like two in the afternoon on a Friday or something. And we, we broke in live, and Sharp was out there. And I swear to God, he talked for – I want to say like four and a half, close to five straight hours, you know, you know, we're, we're up there trying to get reporters to talk, you know, on the bridge to talk about this thing, but Sharp is just there going and and he just doesn't stop if you don't make him. So he's just, he's an incredible (laughs) specimen on on that broadcast table. And he's, it's just like nothing I've ever seen. And, you know, I'm really glad to call him my friend and, and, you know, it's just, it's an honor to work with him every day. Yeah, no doubt about it. We asked him a question, and, man, like you said, he ran with it, and the stories he has are just alone. You know, but the the, the one that I remember, and we are going to get back to some sports stuff here, was when I asked him, I said, what's the most craziest thing you've seen at Charleston? And he said, this, this situation right here, yeah. COVID-19, is never could imagine it. Now, this is a guy that covered Hurricane Hugo. He saw a lot of things going on. He saw a lot of things just overall in his time of 47 years. But this COVID thing's kind of taken it by – by a storm here and, and kind of get back into it. The one thing that kind of kept us a little bit, I guess, with some interesting here is we've had 17 new coaches named in the low country. I think we've all stapled and, and we now have coaches everywhere because Woodland was the last that finally mentioned that they knew have, they have finally figured out who they're going to have run the program and they've got a good one over there. But tell me this, and you and yeah. I talked a little bit before we got you in here, but top three, who's, who do you think the top three winners here? And uh, as far as, this coaching carousel in the 2020 lottery, if you will. I mean, I've been saying for the last five, six years, I don't know why Art Craig doesn't get hired at a 5A school. And, you know, every time there was any kind of big opening, 
my first thought is, I wonder if they'll call our Craig at Timberlands. They should call our Craig. <laughs> and, you know, I don't know if, if Art would have taken any of those calls or, you know, if he would have been interested in anything. But the fact that he was interested in this Hanahan job and Hanahan got him to leave Timberland and come over, that's, you know, you talk about a home run hire, that's a grand slam hire to me. I think, I think so highly of Art. I think he's one of the best, if not the best coach in the low country. So I'm really excited to see what he's able to do with Hanahan over the next few years. And, you know, I've talked to him a little bit and, you know, he's told me he, he really thinks they've got the talent there. You know, he's not sure they're, they're going to win a state title in the first year, but he definitely thinks they can build something over there. And, uh, you know, the other, another one is of course, Joe call, you know, him after leading a five, a program the last few years, now he's going to drop down a few levels and, and head over to Oceanside collegiate. I mean, you know, we all thought Oceanside might be in trouble after losing Chad Greer because he's such an amazing coach, but they did a great job of getting a, a great guy to replace him, getting Joe Collin there. I mean, if you want to talk about a guy who can build a program and sustain a program, I mean, I, Joe's definitely one of the guys I would I would put on that list right now. So great hire for them. Uh, I really like the hire that James Island made. Uh, Jamar McCoy, bringing him in from North Carolina. Talked to him a couple of times. He's really excited about this. You know, they're going to be dropping down to 4A next year. So a lot of opportunity for them to to start to get something together a little bit. You know, playing in that 5A schedule, it's brutal, man. If you're not one of the forts or the Somervilles or, or the Goose Creeks, then you can get lost in that shuffle really quick. So I think dropping down to 4A is going to be really good for them. And they're bringing a guy with a winning mentality. So I'm, I'm anxious to see what he does over there. No doubt about it. We're live right now with Kevin Milladu. It is uh, draft day. Kickoff right now in 2020 draft is underway, by the way. We're going to talk about that here in just a minute. Kevin Milladu coming all the way from Live 5 Sports. He is the man with the plan when it comes to the TV. He, we bring him in here, and he educates us from head to toe, and we always appreciate his time. Kevin, you know, I agree with you. I think those are three great top hires there. I'm very interested to see what West Ashley's coach is going to bring in. He comes in uh, with a great resume. Uh, from around the Grand yeah. Grand uh, to see how that's going to work out uh, for him. But I tell you, a guy that, that I'm kind of – I'm watching him, and I know he knows, and I think he's listening here tonight, but that James Allen guy, Shane Feeler, this guy coming in from Waccamaw. He spent some time up in the uh, – I believe Baltimore area. Yeah, he's at Ashley Ridge now, right? He, by the way, is, is done a great job hiring in some of the guys. I've watched his strategy a little bit there, bringing in – some of the middle school coaches from the Somerville area that have ties to Somerville. They've got ties to Fort Dorchester, but he knows the kids. And so he's kind of surrounding himself with a great group of guys, and he's young, he's energetic, and the energy that he brings in. I think that's going to be one that I'm going to keep a close eye on. Anybody that dances at pep rallies with the band is, is definitely going to hit the top oh, yeah. of the charts. And for me, you know, you, you look at Coach Rafferty, Ian Rafferty, 15 years he spent over there with, a, a really solid coach over for Dorchester. Uh, I know it was a hard decision for him to finally decide to take that leap, take that leap of faith over there and come back home to Somerville uh, where he played high school ball. Then he went into NC State, played in the league for a couple of years. But he comes in with a little different mindset when the coach called did when, when he was over at Somerville. Uh, he's a very much a business-oriented guy. He's very firm, very direct. I'm sure he loves his kids. I'm excited to get that relationship started to kind of see his thing and, and how he's going to change maybe a few things, but how he's going to take it because he did play for that legendary coach, John McKissick, in his days at the high school there. So uh, there's just so many headlines. And once we get underway, I don't know if you and I have enough time on our shows to cover all the headlines that are going to be breaking out <laughs> once these guys get back out on the field, huh? 
Well, that's that's what I'm worried about. Is if, if this stuff keeps getting pushed back, and you know, how how are we going to cover everything? You know, one of the things they're talking about, of course, is is if they're not ready for college football by the time the fall comes around, do they move that to the spring? And do they push basketball back a couple of months and and start that maybe, you know, closer to January, beginning of January? I'm seeing that. I'm like, what are we going to do if we're playing football, <laughs> basketball, and college baseball? in February and March, like, I'm just, I'm never going to see my family for like three months. It's just going to be <laughs> running around and, you know, working seven day weeks for, for a few months. So that's why, as one of the reasons I'm hopeful that everyone's think, everyone's ready to go in the fall, because I don't know if I can handle you know these things all coming together at the beginning of next year. Well, it's going to be interesting. And just think about this, that we could see, multiple things. I mean, the Kentucky Derby has got to be played. You're going to get the NASCAR races up and running. I mean, you really could watch an entire weekend of, of nothing but sports and about nine different major sports, not to mention high school football would kick it off on a Friday night. So, yeah, like you said, they may actually have to give you your own little one-hour show or two-hour shows there uh, on, yeah, the, uh, on the TV as well. But it should be a lot of fun here. Oh, yeah. So, so no more covering underwater basket weaving or, or, or uh, cornhole or anything like that. No. Uh, before we get into this draft coming up, let me ask you this. W- when you kind of look at some of the stories that you've kind of put together and, and you've seen a lot of things coming out of this thing, what's the one positive thing out of the sports world that you've seen that's come out of this COVID-19? It's, it's been really cool to see it, just everybody coming together. And, you know, seeing, seeing the schools at, at every level, you know, trying to do their best to keep the kids engaged. You know, Berkeley did something really cool a couple of Sundays ago where they left the lights on on a Sunday night for all their, on all their spring sports fields. And, you know, they sent out the pictures to show the kids, you know, we're still thinking of you and we'll be here when, when all this is over. Stuff like that I thought was really cool. And, you know, even if, the, you know, I've got, you know, kids here myself, I got a son in third grade and, you know, seeing them do the Zoom meetings a couple times a week and, how excited the kids are just to be able to talk to their friends over, over the zoom on their iPad. And that's been really cool to see. And it's, it's just good to see that everyone's, you know, you know, doing their best to stick together and try to come out on the other side of this thing. Hi, right, now Kevin Billadu. He is the man with the plan. He is our connection to the TV screen of their live five news with live five sports. Uh, of course, uh, Kevin, it is the uh, it is the big day for the NFL, and it's weird because the Jet fans aren't sitting there. This is like their Super Bowl, by the way. I, I enjoy watching oh, yeah. a lot of teams like that. They're fans, right? That J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. Not going to happen unless they pre-recorded it or show some stuff from last year. Uh, but when you kind of look at it, let's say locally first before they, uh, you know, we try to get into some of this stuff here. Uh, locally, you know, you have Jaron Kenlaw from Goose Creek, who's at the University of South Carolina. You've got a gentleman, yeah. I believe, in the Berkeley area from South Carolina State. You've got guys all over the board here. Uh, what's the one or two or three guys that you're looking at here locally that you could see these guys possibly going as early as today, if not as late as tomorrow? Well, yeah, I mean, like I said, Javon Kenlaw, he's going to go tonight. It's just a matter of where. Uh, you know, the mock drafts we've been looking at, it's, it, you can see him go as high as number six. Uh, I don't. I haven't seen anything that hasn't gone past the top 20. So, you know, just an incredible story there. That kid's been through so much, and, and now he's about to see his dreams come true tonight. So that's going to be amazing for him. John uh, Simpson from Fort Dorchester. He's been playing up at Clemson the last four years. Uh, All-American on the offensive line for the Tigers. Been a part of, you know, 
however many national championship games in the last few years. He's going to go, I would guess, towards the end of tomorrow, if not early Saturday. And then uh, you mentioned the kid from Berkeley, Alex Taylor. Uh, that kid is a monster. He is, uh, you know, he started off as a basketball player, moved over to football, but he's six foot eight on the offensive line, over 300 pounds. So he might be more of a project pick. You know, so, someone might take him in the later rounds on Saturday. But when you have that kind of size, it doesn't matter, you know, where you played or the competition you played. Somebody is going to give you a shot to see what they can mold you into. So those three guys definitely. And also uh, Michael uh, uh, Barnett from Woodland played down at Georgia. He's been working out really hard, I know. So he's going to be hoping for a shot. Uh, he might be more of a, a free agent type after this is all done. So, uh, but he's a name that I think he'll definitely get a shot somewhere. I'll tell you, it's going to be an interesting night for a lot of these uh, individuals. And, yeah, I couldn't imagine sitting there looking at your phone. And, of course, tonight, uh, you know, you should see a lot of quarterbacks. Is this one of the most heaviest quarterbacks? I know Joe Burrow's on the board. It's two or, you know, where is he going to land? Of course, the former quarterback at Alabama that finished his days at Oklahoma, he's actually gotten better since his transfer there. Kind of talk about the draft and, and, and your overall assessment of how the first night goes and do they knock a lot of quarterbacks off this thing early? Yeah, it, it's funny. It seems like the last few years, you know, there's always talks, you know, there's a quarterback at the top, and then you hear about other quarterbacks that are going to go later in that first round or, you know, down farther a little bit. And then as soon as that first quarterback goes, which it's going to be early tonight with Burrow, then teams start to, you know, kind of take notice a little bit. And then as soon as that second quarterback goes, it seems like all hell breaks loose. And now everyone who needs a quarterback starts panicking. And then they, that's when you start to see these teams trading up and trying to get into the top five and trying to get to the top 10 to get the guys they want. So I think it's going to be interesting. You know, Burrow's obviously going to go first. If you see Tua or uh, the kid from Oregon, Justin Herbert, I think if you see one of them go in that top five, then you might see some other teams that need a quarterback that are towards the back of that first round start to trade up a little bit. And then maybe they're going to reach a little bit for Herbert or Tua or the, the kid from Utah State, uh, George Love, I think his name is, uh, someone might, you know, reach on him a little bit. So that's going to be one thing to watch is, is you know, how much do these guys panic when they start needing a quarterback? Talk about a quarterback. The one that's kind of causing a little bit of controversy, he's actually on an NFL team, but we've seen him with a, a, a shirt from the Miami Dolphins. Of course, I'm talking about that quarterback over there with the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, what's your take on, on that situation over there? And uh, any chance that maybe there's a trade there to get some draft picks out of it and they can send them maybe to Miami to the Dolphins, who I think are looking for a quarterback as well, but this would be a seasoned quarterback. Yeah, I mean, Dallas, who knows? Jerry Jones, I mean, you talk about a wild card. It doesn't get any wilder than that. I don't. There was a report out today that, that Jerry, you know, everyone's kind of in their homes for the draft, all the GMs and everything. And there was a report today that Jerry sent out a memo to his team saying, don't bother him during the draft. And he sent that to his scouts. <laughs> like, what, what are you doing <laughs> if you're telling your scouts not to bother you during the draft? The, their whole point is this is their night to shine and to tell you what you should be doing. But Jerry apparently knows what he wants to be doing. So, you know, Miami, it, it would take a haul, I think, to trade Dak Prescott. But Miami's got three first-round picks, I think, and – and more, you know, in the rounds after that. So if there was a team that was going to try to do something like that, it would definitely be Miami. 
Yeah, because Dak Prescott, I mean, it didn't – and I'm not sure if he's got the leverage that Zeke Elliott had last year, right, because Zeke kind of drug it out forever and they made T-shirts and all that. And I think that was some of the reason that, that the Dallas Cowboys maybe not went as far as they could have gone. Uh, but Dak, and he hasn't been happy in a while, and it seems like they could really get a quarterback in there and then kind of build upon that because they have made some good news, even though we've seen one of our locally owned uh, out of Fort Worcester that was there, Robert Quinn's now a bear. Um, you know, in, yeah. anything off off of the draft that you've kind of seen that's kind of shocked you during some of this downtime with some of our kids? I do know, by the way, a St. John's, uh, former St. John's guy, Newberry guy as well, that's now an Atlanta Falcon, uh, of course. Uh, yeah, Edmund Robinson. He's now sitting there. Yeah, so talk to him a little bit about Edmund yeah. Robinson and, and his situation and maybe any other guys that have kind of moved around a little bit during this downtime. Yeah, Edmund, uh, he's had quite a story. He was a a seventh-round pick by the Vikings, I want to say in the 2014 draft. Uh, you know, played a couple seasons in Minnesota, bounced around a little bit. Then he played last uh, spring with the AAF, and he played uh, uh, this past spring with the XFL. And uh, my eight-year-old's jumping around because he just made the Joe Burrow pick. So that there one is go. done. He's going to Cincinnati. And uh, uh, But, yeah, so Edmund, it, it, it's great. He played in the AAF, played in the XFL. You know, I think he knows this is going to be his last shot in the NFL, and he's got one a shot now with the Falcons. So, you know, happy to see what he's been able to do. And uh, you talk about Burrow in Cincinnati, and, of course, there's A.J. Green there. So he's a guy that's been talked about who's been, you know, maybe they've been looking to move him the last couple of years. But now that you've got a quarterback like Burrow, I mean, having a guy like uh, A.J. to throw to, that's a, that's a nice way to come into the mm-hmm. league. No doubt about it. AJ, by the way, in 2011 was the fourth pick in the 2011 draft, a former Somerville Green Wave, a former University of Georgia Bulldog. Now, of course, he's kind of trademarked and made his way over there with Cincinnati, and now he's got a quarterback over there that can maybe make him a little bit, you know, hey, make him a little bit more money, get him a ring, and do what they need to do there. So that's a big one there. Kevin, I know you got the kids there, man. I don't want to take the moment away from you. I do, again, want to say thank you so much for always being willing to help me out here on the show. You're a huge asset and a huge contributor to making us better every time you visit us. And uh, just stay safe, man. And hopefully once we clean out, and, and by the way, uh, my pledge to buy you that steak dinner is not made it in social media. So if it's on the internet, it's got to be real. So I'll buy you that steak dinner. Let's get some things opened up and we'll have to hit maybe Hall's Chop House or something over there. As always, there you go, ladies and gentlemen. That is the man, the myth, and the legend from Channel 5 is Kevin Billadu. God bless him and his family as he is always willing and able to come in here and be a part of our show. we got to take a quick break. we got three minutes, and we'll come back. We'll talk about that big, huge hit. I'm going to bring Eugene back in here, and we should be catching up with uh, uh, a good guy from uh, 24-7 Sports. He's going to be joining us here in moments. He's coming all the way from Atlanta, Georgia. He works uh, for the 24-7 group. Guys, of course, uh, always. A pleasure to get Ben Moore in here. We'll talk about that. He'll also, I'm sure, want to talk about a coach that he covers that was joined us from Georgia State on Tuesday. But a lot to cover and only 30 minutes to do it. We'll be right back. You're listening to the greatest show on earth. This is Southern Sports Central, guys. We'll be right back.
Welcome back, everybody. I'm Rich Elman, alongside the coach, Eugene Benton, for a final 30 minutes of Southern Sports Central, three hours long and strong as we bring it to you on a Thursday wet night here in Somerville, South Carolina, the 23rd day of April. There you go, it's April, and this is the Factory Studios' very own. Of course, uh, we want to thank the Factory for being a part of what we do day in and day out, not just on the air, but off the air. Factory is located over at 5913 Loftus Road in Hanahan. South Carolina. On Sunday, we'll open the show with one of their owners, and he is going to talk about what the plan is going forward at the factory. How can you get in? What do you need to be doing? And uh, we will set a time and date, hopefully, so that we can go broadcast live over there. So, it has been named. Joe Burrow is now going to go back. Well, he's going to stay home in the state, at least, where he's from in Ohio. He'll be a Cincinnati Bengal. He'll see the likes, of course, of on the offensive side. He'll get to play with A.J. Green, one of the greatest wide receivers in the league right now, of course, no doubt. And uh, another guy, Eugene, there's a defensive guy that played at Florida that's from Fort Dorchester, Mr. Dunlap. So I know that's got to be excited for as well there, buddy, huh? Uh, yeah, I'm super excited for that one, man. Huge fan. You know, I remember him blowing up the ranks in, in the high school leagues and uh, in the rivals when he went to as high as number four. 
Um, unfortunately, didn't get to play in the uh, Shrine Bowl, and I remember some things about that. But, uh, you know, went on to Florida, won a national championship, uh, really should have been the MVP of that bowl against Oklahoma. Oklahoma came in scoring 60 points a game. Florida held them to, I think it was like 12 or 14 points, won that game. Uh, gosh, if I had to look back, I think it was like 2014, something like that. That was when Tebow was uh, was rolling as well as a junior and um, Manny Carlos right. was the man. You know, he's such a huge man. If you ever stand beside the dude and you look up at a, at a guy, I know I've uh, traveled and actually uh, was in a hotel room next to Julius Peppers, who's probably a little bit bigger than Carlos. You know, someone my size looking up to a guy that's six seven, you know, close to 300 pounds is just unreal. But uh, Carlos was an amazing athlete, you know, in high school, college, and the pros. And the thing that uh, I, you know, I've been reading about lately and you and I have shared and talked about was just, you know, that he's not just walking away from where he came from. You know, he's investing not only is just his time, he's not showing up to sign autographs. Dude's like investing money. Right. We're just giving money to the local community to help out, you know, to sponsor meals. He's sponsoring uh, this company that helps uh, health care providers. And, uh, you know, that's what we expect out of our Gator athletes, man. Just uh, top-notch dudes on and off the field. No doubt. We also well, expect you know, that of our local that, athletes that here in Charleston because you look at it too. The tight end. Yeah. We'll, we'll not count the tight end who's, uh, <laughs> who played for Florida. <laughs> we won't even mention any names. Yeah, we'll leave know, that. He, he was part of that we'll, team We'll leave well, that there for but, uh, sure. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. You know, every every team I'm sure has one of those guys that strayed, but, you know, I'm sure Tebow had tried to influence the guy as much as he could as well as others. But, you know, grown men make their own decisions and go their own way. But you know, the Gator way is to uh, be a great athlete, be a great person. And uh, that's something that started under Spurrier. And, you know, Urban Meyer did his own thing. But, um, you know, just proud to have uh, Carlos around and proud to have him part of the community and give him back. I'm going to go a little bit higher, and we do have a guest, uh, one of our big-time guys, big-time supporter coming in here in just a minute. We're going to catch up with him in a second, but I'm going to give Coach LeBrad the credit for that guy, and I'm going to give him the credit for what you see in Robert Quinn because both of those dudes are stand-up guys. These guys both come back in the community. They both come back and do camps. They give back money to the area. They are very active in the community here in Charleston, South Carolina, and I'm going to tell you, once you get to that level, once you get to that spot and you come back, man, I'm going to tell you something. There's not much you can't do wrong for me. I, say, I I appreciate Robert Quinn. I appreciate Carlos Dunlap. I actually had a chance uh, uh, this past weekend to work with uh, the gentleman that we were just talking about, by the way, uh, that's now going to be playing for the Atlanta Falcons. And uh, it was a lot of fun, a lot of fun to, uh, to, to, to stand beside this guy who, I tell you what, man, soft gentleman, just, I mean, just down to earth. You know, played his high school days over there. Of course, at um, at St. John's, and that's Edmund Robinson. He played his college days at um, Newberry. He got drafted, if I'm not mistaken, by the Vikings. But now he's going to be playing over there at the Atlanta Falcons. And he spent some time this past year at the XFL. But once he gets situated and, and, and gets things going, he said he is going to come on the air with us. But now on the air with us, Ben Moore is on 24-7 Sports. Ben, what's up, big guy? Glad to get you back. Yeah, thanks for having me, man. Uh, appreciate the conversation, and uh, it was enjoying it. Uh, big, big night, uh, big football night, and certainly <laughs> some stuff to talk about for sure. Good to catch up with you guys, always. 
And then I hate to keep you on hold that long. We just, you know, I get Eugene running on his gators, man. This guy's he's a passionate little guy, man, and he uh, he he's definitely uh, like to talk some gator talk. And hey, why not, man? We've talked enough about everything else. What's going on in your house over there, man? I mean, is more high school? I'm not I, I'm not sure if you have high schoolers or middle schoolers, but uh, what's happening over there? Yeah, man, we've got uh, I've got a fifth grader and I've got a second grader. So the uh, the Moore Academy, uh, my wife has officially resigned <laughs> as the principal of Moore Academy. She uh, she's been working from home since March the 13th. Uh, she definitely wants to uh, wants to uh, find a new profession, and then we're thankful for all the folks who who teach, uh, or, or whether they're youngins or whether they're older. Uh, gave us certainly a new respect for uh, for teachers there. Uh, but no, all's well in my household, man. I hope all of you guys are well and staying well as well. Uh, but now it's uh, it's it's been it's been wild. It's been a, a different time, and uh, you know a whole lot of time inside the house. And uh, very very thankful uh, to to all the folks uh, who do keep us sane. And uh, a lot like you guys uh, get to talk some sports and and uh, get, for a couple hours at least uh, we could think about uh, good stuff and fun stuff and, and not the uh, not the stuff of the world uh, going on right now. A little, little bit of a diversion never helps. Never never hurts. No, never does at all. By the way, just uh, gone number two now. Chase Young, Ohio State's very own. He's heading to Washington. He's going to be a Redskin. Uh, let's talk about that real quick before I talk about a few other things that I have on this list I want to cross out with you. Ben, uh, we all kind of knew Burrow was heading back to Ohio, or he's going to stay in Ohio where he's at probably anyways. Uh, he's going to be a Cincinnati Bengal. But any surprise here in the second pick? Chase Young, I mean – he definitely didn't have the game he was wanting to have against Clemson there in the uh, in the uh, the was the semis there, but he still had a stellar career uh, in college. We knew he was going to go early. Uh, surprise here, second round for uh, first round second pick. Uh, I'm not. Uh, he's he's an Upper Marlboro, Maryland uh, resident guy that prepped uh, there locally. So uh, for the second straight year. Uh, the Redskins brass has decided to basically take a hometown guy. You gotta, gotta remember uh, uh, Dwayne Haskins last year, uh, and, and consecutive guys out of Ohio State as well uh, that have become kind of that pipeline. Uh, you know, you know, there from Columbus to uh, to DC. But uh, you know, the Redskins had to get better defensively. Um, you know, certainly with the with the new regime there and Ron Rivera, no, uh, where he cut his teeth. I mean, he was uh, he's a member of the Vaughn '85 Bears. Uh, knowing that he uh, he played on that defensive side of the ball, he's going to want a defensive lineman uh, really to set the tone out there. And that team has lost a ton, uh, you know, this off season as well. Uh, most most notably, a quarterback in Cam Newton, their defensive leader in Luke Kuechly. Uh So it's it's important, um, you know. That's where Rivera was uh, previously. He's seen those losses and uh, knows how what the what the value basically is uh, from the defensive side of the ball. But I think Chase Young. Uh, certainly, uh, you know, has, is, is a guy that they can build around, and, and uh, I'm interested to see what uh, Rivera built up there in Washington. Let me ask you this. As we're live right now, Ben Moore, 24-7 sports, covers all of our stuff around the college ball course. Uh, you know, somebody said to me today, said, man, I know you guys don't do a lot of NFL, but you're going to cover the draft. That's what I'm saying. The draft is is married to, to college football more now than ever, especially on a day like today. We've watched these guys – grow up really right in front of our eyes. We've been covering them for at least three or four years. So it's easy to talk about these guys tonight. But let me ask you about Cam Newton. Are you surprised he didn't land in Washington, or do you think he lands anywhere? I mean, uh, what do you think it is about him? Is it the injury bug that's kind of hit him and kind of hurt him a little bit there? But I kind of thought myself that Rivera would kind of bring him in over there worse as a backup plan to, to what he's got on staff now. 
Yeah, especially especially with the fact that you know you have a young guy, uh, as I mentioned, he was a first round draft pick last year. If he's not ready, potentially, do you bring him in on a, on a one year flyer veteran deal? Uh, you know, depending on what kind of offense he wants to run up there. I mean, Cam would be the, certainly the, the the guy to um, you know to uh, usher uh, the young guy into the fold there, kind of show him the ways of the NFL. I think the biggest thing and what we've seen certainly in this uh, kind of quarantine time and and uh, where everyone's stuck at home and no physicals really being allowed you don't know how healthy cam newton is uh certainly him and his agent are going to tell you how, how healthy he is and he's posting workout videos and things like that on social media uh but you don't know me you had uh you, you've had a major foot injury uh there which sidelined him basically at the end of the season uh you've had issues with his throwing shoulder uh he's taken a ton of knocks obviously um so you know, it, it is interesting to see if he's the guy uh, to come in there and mentor Dwayne Haskins, but, um, you know, it, it would make a ton of sense. Uh, I know there were some, some rumblings about potentially uh, Cam going up to New England or, or potentially moving uh, out west and, and, and filling needs uh, there as well. So I think with what happens uh, certainly over this weekend and, and what uh, what teams choose to uh, to go, uh, there, there are some quarterbacks in this draft that will get drafted outside of Certainly, Joe Burrow, and even the first round guys, where you got guys like Jake Fromm, uh, you know, in the fold a little bit later. Guy like a lot Jordan Love, um, you know, who's who's shooting up boards all over the place. Uh, if you if you pay attention to the analysts and the mock drafts, but uh, you know, Cam, uh, just depending on how healthy he is, we know he how dynamic he was certainly uh, when he's healthy. But that's just the question. The, the big asterisk there is is he healthy and and can he contribute uh, right away? Uh, you know, coming off those uh, those season-ending injuries. No doubt about it. Talking about Cam Newton, talking about the draft, talking it all right here on Southern Sports Central's Ben Moore with 24/7 Sports, big-time contributor here to the show in many different ways. Here, I got a chance today to do my very first ever Zoom meeting. I had a meeting today; it was a Zoom. It kind of felt, and I said this earlier, I felt two different things. Number one, I felt like I was part of the Brady Bunch. I keep wanting to look down, and because I was at the top left side of the corner, and there was like 20 of us there. And then also felt like I was on some type of what I guess it would, it would feel like to be on a dating app of some sort. I mean it. It's very unusual. Ben, have you had the chance? Have you had the opportunity to Zoom yet? Uh, I did. I, I partake. Uh, so I had you by one day. We have uh, we have a, a podcast that I that I was uh, working with and, and have been. Uh, decided to uh, to jump on there last night and did a Zoom. Uh, they got broadcast onto YouTube. So I was my struggle for about the prior was to make sure we had a uh, had a decent backdrop. And my wife uh, fortunately has Zoom meetings every day. She works in fundraising, so. Uh, she's been uh, giving me the quick uh, crash tutorial there, and uh, make sure uh, nice. and, you know I've got the uh, the quarantine hair as well. So she said, "Hey, uh, if you can do anything there, just put a hat on." So uh, that was the advice that that I went <laughs> and certainly in part there uh, didn't didn't make me go shave or put a tie on or anything like that, but uh, but definitely put a put a hat on right now. So she, she has described the uh, the uh, self quarantine hair going on. <laughs> I love it, man. Maybe she can educate us because that's something we are looking to do here in the next couple of weeks is go live as well as not on the air, but also visually. Uh, it just adds a little different flavor, flavor to it. We're excited about that as well. Talk quarterbacks, and that's something the state you're in knows a lot about quarterbacks. There's quarterbacks that have touched the campus at Athens over there in Georgia at UGA, and now they're spread everywhere. This is the one year, and I just talked about it with another guest that was with us. This is a very big year of quarterbacks. Jake Fromm's in here, if I'm not mistaken. There's a couple of other former Georgia Bulldog quarterbacks that could possibly get out of here and, and do things, but they're on different campuses. Uh, your your take on this draft and who is going to be the biggest winners today outside of probably the top five that you'll hear about here throughout the next 20 minutes of the show? 
Yeah, I think the biggest thing ultimately is, uh, you know, is, is how healthy is Tua Tungavaloa. You know, he's he's really the, the question mark there. You know, there's been a lot of conversation and talk about what the Miami Dolphins are going to do. Uh, do you trust the medical reports? Do you trust, um, you know, that he had basically, again, surgeries on his ankles, uh, also his hip surgery and, and, you know, knowing what's going on with that. Also, he's not a big 6'3", 6'4", 6'5", guy either. He's only about six foot. Uh, more probably compares body style wise to a guy like Drew Brees, uh, you know, being able to take uh, shots in the NFL and, 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 you know, knowing how risky that can be. Uh, certainly guys like Justin Herbert as well, who are on the opposite side of the spectrum. He's absolutely huge, about six, five and a half, uh, and, and with a, with a big arm, uh, but there's a lot of question marks about him as well. Uh, we've seen at some points, uh, there's, there's been some Oregon quarterbacks that have struggled historically, uh, coming out as well, and as, as Marcus Mariota is one of those quarterbacks as well that's looking for a job uh, currently in the free agent free agent market. But uh, you mentioned Jake Fromm and even Jacob Eason. Um, you know, Eason is a guy you know looks good getting off the bus. Uh, huge arm. Uh, didn't have a great season with Washington. Uh, decided to come out uh, just kind of that opportunity. But he was a former five-star guy um, out of the state of Washington. And uh, they're, they're guys that like him a ton, can throw the, throw the ball through a brick wall, and, and certainly uh, can make all the NFL throws. So it is a deep, uh, deep draft. you got uh, you know, a good 10, 11 guys uh, that could get drafted overall over the course of this weekend. And uh, I, I know there's been a lot of chatter, certainly locally here in Atlanta, following Jake Fromm, seeing what he can do. Is he going to be a you know, late first-round guy, second-round guy? Uh, potentially, what does his career arc project? Um, you know, Knowing he didn't have spectacular numbers, part of that was the Georgia offense as well. And they had uh, just a stable of running backs uh, during his career. They can kind of ground and pound and not allow him uh, to to go out there and throw the ball 40, 45 times a game. So, um, you know, that's kind of what the the NFL is is tilted the other way. You know, you're getting out and throwing the ball, finding playmakers, getting them in space, and not necessarily, you know, uh, having where the Georgia offense. Um, was the last few years, but uh, it, it's going to be fun to watch. You know, certainly see his progression and, and see Jacob Eason. Uh, like I said, I, I like a lot. Uh, he just may need some time. He just hasn't had a ton of time on the field. Uh, so you know, he got hurt uh, there his his uh, second year there at Georgia and, and allowed Fromm to step right in there. So it'd be interested to see who gets drafted. A little uh, little, little rivalry back and forth. Those two guys that were in the same building there in Athens. No doubt about it. And you start looking around and. Uh, now, Ohio State has the number two and number three on the, off the board now. Of course, Chase Young goes to Washington. And just now, Jeff Okuda from Ohio State, the cornerback, third round, and the Detroit, Michigan. Not having the far to go for him, neither. So, we'll keep an eye on the board now. Of course, the Giants are on the clock. Uh, before we get you out of here, Ben, I, I got to talk to Tuesday with a coach you really know well over there. Coach Elliott joined us uh, from Georgia State. Uh, he was sitting around. He's done a lot of fishing. He's done a lot of TikToking. Uh, and, boy, they had a great year, and he's looking forward to having more great things coming out because he went to about two different, three, four, five, I think five different high schools here in the state of South Carolina, found a quarterback, found a defensive end. I mean, he's really done well. But uh, I don't know if you had a chance to listen in from Tuesday's show, but it was nice to catch up with a guy who, man, I don't care how busy he is. He always finds time, like you, to catch up with us. Yeah, great, great interview with Coach Elliott. Did uh, did get a chance to catch up and listen to him, and we've uh, we've texted back and forth, and, and have enjoyed uh, you know his, his interactions at home. And, and it is very rare. Talked about it, you know, how the April and May evaluation uh, period for recruiting typically is one of the busiest for uh, his coaches. And, and now talking 
um, you know, basically being at home, doing virtual recruiting, uh, doing things that way, uh, very different. But they've been very, very active for the 2021 uh, class, been really hitting Florida hard, uh, hitting South Carolina as they have, uh, blanketing Georgia, really trying to improve and build upon, uh, you know, another bowl season uh, last season. Um, you know, and in uh, the loss coming up short against Wyoming, but uh, the loaded starters, uh, you know, got nine nine out of the eleven starters basically are back. Um, you know, for 2020, uh, really, really excited about the offense. Uh, bullish on uh, certainly what they uh, they can do offensively. You got you got multiple running backs back, and uh, one way or the other, and the one area that is always circled. Uh, the quarterback position. I know you, uh, one of your guests uh, earlier in 2020, uh, is vying for that position as well. He's back in South Carolina as well. Got a chance to talk to Michele Colastardo and and uh, see how he's handling all this. And he's working out and, and uh, trying to do what he can to stay in shape and be ready. But uh, Georgia State will start a freshman one way or the other at quarterback, and uh, that's going to be interesting. But there'll be a lot of toys around uh, for whoever wins that job uh, to uh, to to continue to lead the Panthers and hopefully get back to another bowl game, which would be their third in four years. And I tell you what, they're doing it in big ways, and you're covering over there, of course. Ben uh, Moore with us now, 24-7 sports. Ben, before I get you out of here, man, how has this hurt, or excuse me, how has this hurt or hurt either way uh, with what you guys do in the writing? Because right now, like you mentioned, usually this is when you guys are cranking up. There's a lot of things that are usually happening, but it's happening in a different area. This has had uh, really challenged you guys as well as us to make sure that we're covering as much as we can. But what's going on at 24-7 Sports and how you guys holding up with all this new virtual recruiting? Yeah, it's, uh, it has certainly changed the way, you know, the, the, what we what we do on a day-to-day basis. Uh, you know, we're still fortunate to be able to talk to recruits. And good news is you don't have to worry about school schedules. You can pretty much reach out to guys at any point, <laughs> catching up and interviewing, uh, you know, whether it was basketball that just opened up last Wednesday or football. Um, now with a lot of these camps that will be um, – you know, canceled uh, or look like they've been canceled. Uh, you know, over, over the summer, uh, I think it's going to provide uh, that much more opportunity for these coaches to to really dive into the film. And you're seeing a whole lot more offers fly out. Um, and I think that's that's the biggest thing. You know, just catching up with these kids. We we have conversations internally, 24/7. Do, do a great job with a lot of the the uh, college uh, you know content and even the professional content. Although the draft guys are getting busy tonight, uh, I've seen a lot of their stuff so far flying out going back and, and talking about some of these uh, prospects that are being drafted and where they were recruited, um, you know, and, and seeing uh, where they were, where they were hit. And then a lot of these guys are not surprisingly are, are four and five stars at the top of the composite rank. Uh, it's fun to kind of go back and look and, and see how dominant, even pull some of those, those highlight tapes from a guy like Joe Burrow or Chase Young and see what they look like uh, as high school juniors and seniors. But uh, the, the content never stops. We're very fortunate 24 seven is continuing to rock and roll uh, and continue to be the industry leader, and uh, I'm fortunate to, uh, to to be surrounded by a ton of great guys and, and gals who, who uh, kick butt in uh, their respective uh, industry. And and uh, just again, it's uh, it's a lot of fun to, to talk about uh, games, and, and I'm glad to be talking to you guys and, and have some content to talk about because we, we've been all foaming at the mouth, ready for games to certainly get back, and hopefully they will sooner <laughs> rather than later. No doubt about it. One guy talking about a former quarterback for Georgia, Mike Bobo, is the new offensive coordinator at Georgia. We got to get you back in here and maybe Tuesday if you can find some time. We'll get you on the books and get you in here. We'll talk about Mike Bobo's hire in South Carolina. We'll recap the, uh, well, 2020 draft. It'll be over by then. And, of course, a few other things as well. Real quick before I get you out of here, buddy, give, them a pl- give yourself a plug. How do they find you? How do they catch up with you and keep up to date with you guys at 24-7 Sports? 
Yeah, appreciate it. It's uh, at Bidmore 24-7. Come find me on Twitter and the various social media outlets. Uh, I am the publisher of com, but you can find me all over the place, uh, uh, Bleacher Report and uh, 24-7, and uh, just try to, you know, whenever they ask me, like like whenever you, you, you ask, you reach out, I'm, I'm more than happy to help. So uh, glad to glad you're doing well, my friend, and uh, always good to catch up with you on the air. It's been a blessing. As soon as this thing clears up, by the way, we've already been invited for the fifth time by your head coach over there at Georgia State. So we're going to take the trip. We're coming to see you. We've got a visit to go to uh, Cedar Grove High School. So uh, it, it's going to have to be a fun-filled Friday to Sunday visit and find a close church so we can go to church with you guys as well and, and wrap up the week in the right way, man. But God bless you, your family. Thank you for your time. And uh, sit back and enjoy the draft, my friend. We'll talk uh, here soon. Appreciate it, brother. Look forward to catching up. Take care. Always a pleasure, ladies and gentlemen. There he goes. Ben Moore, 24-7 sports. 24-7 availability is there as well as I bring Eugene back in. Uh, don't forget Sunday, oh, Sunday, we're going to get back at it. Spotlight 2020 featuring the senior athletes who have had to forego their senior season. And now that adds who? Well, that adds South Carolina to that as well. So the uh, athletes have already poured in. We've already got a long list, and we might not get anything but athletes coming in on Sunday. Uh, but if you want and you are a senior who had to forego their senior season in the spring, you want to come in, we want you in. This is your invitation. Call in 323 323- 784-9681. Again, the number is 323-784-9681. And uh, reach out to me individually at Richie Altman on Twitter. You can go to our Facebook page at Southern Sports Central. You can also go over to, of course, our Twitter page at SO Sports Central. So uh, we want to hear from you as we're about four minutes away from getting off the air. Eugene, come in real quick. Buddy, I want to, of course, uh, thank you for staying up and uh, keeping us up to date with what's going on in the draft. No big surprises yet. I think we kind of saw it working the way it did in the top three. Uh, Have the Giants picked their guy yet, or where are we standing right now in the draft, buddy? Yeah, the Giants picked uh, – I just texted you. The Giants picked the offensive uh, lineman from Georgia, um, and Miami's on the clock. And I think this could be uh, – the Giants took Andrew Thomas. That's, that's the player's name, the offensive lineman from Georgia. Uh, Miami's on the clock. They say the pick is in. It hasn't been announced yet. Um, that could be the first maybe surprise. Do they go uh, with Tua? I know that's, you know, kind of what some people are thinking. Do they go quarterback? Which quarterback are they taking? Uh, right now, the pick is in. Uh, they have the NFL draft on Zoom, and all the uh, talking heads are doing their thing and, and waiting on who they think it is. But uh, <laughs> we're just standing by up. I think we're about to go to the commissioner. So, um, anyway, uh, while this is waiting, I just want to say it was a great show. Another good variety of, uh, of coaches and trainers and, and people who are doing great things. Um, let's see. Hold on. The pick is – oh, they picked Tua. Tua goes number five. Yes, sir. He is off the draft board. Second quarterback taken, number five, Tua Tagovailoa. Um, from Alabama, and um, wow, you know, as the last guest, uh, you know, Ben was just saying, that could be the first shot. It could be, you know, well, we'll see where the hip's going, you know, but uh, right. there it is. He is off the clock at number five with Miami, the new quarterback. The Los Angeles Chargers are now on the clock. Um, I have no idea where they're going. I mean, but uh, – <laughs> You know, well, it depends. You know, the, the the quarterback who I'm a big fan of, he's been there for many, many years in Rivers. Um, 
do they go quarterback? Uh, wow. You know, they're showing to his injury again and again and again right now, and nobody wants to really see that. You know, the young man went through enough and has fought his way back to earn the fifth overall draft pick, which, you know, now he and his family should be set for life at least, and uh, what a great opportunity for him to come into a great organization um, and to follow his dream. But, um, you know, it's a great show, man. I loved having some of the people in. I, I, I've known Jeff uh, fairly for a long time, you know, the trainer, uh, Coach Tony Guglielmo, um, the kicking guy I work with, he trained some of my guys, getting them to the next level. Um, and, it, you know, Ben, who gave us some insight for the recruiting for 24-7 and what they do in evaluations and, and some of the things he does. Uh, you know, it's been a great show, man. You know, the three hours flows by. I know we only got about two minutes left, so I'll let you close out. Just want to end with what I normally say, man. Everybody stay safe, stay healthy, be smart. You know, if you have to go out, you know, protect yourself and take care of yourself. You know, not only are you going out and exposing yourself with anyone you may come home to, uh, let's get this thing going. We don't want to see the fall sports in October or short seasons or anything like that. Let's get this back on track as soon as possible. And for uh, any 2020 athletes, please, please, please just reach out. Let us be your platform. You know, let us be your, you know, your farewell speech, your thank yous, your you know, last chance to get some film or, or links to you out there. And uh, everyone stay safe be healthy. God bless. You nailed it, brother. I tell you what, looking forward to that Spotlight 2020 featuring the senior sports. Again, if you, uh, you know, the spring sports, if you had to forego your season, it ain't over yet. We're going to give you another opportunity. going to give you a voice. We read about you. We watch you. But they don't always get to hear from you. We're going to let that change today. As the 2020 class will be well-represented all across the state of South Carolina. We've got some Georgia athletes that have reached out to me, North Carolina athletes. Just got a message from a New York State athlete. So that's going to be interesting as well. So we'll get into it, guys. But that will do it for today's show. I want to thank everybody that came on board. A guest list that was five-star from the beginning to the end. I want to thank our sponsors, the factory. They sponsor the studio located at 5913 Lofters Road in Hanahan, South Carolina, and where the factory is at. Of course, we're in Somerville, then Tenth Farm. Jonathan Farmer and the crew do what they do to keep you shaded, but they also sponsor the hotline over there, of course, uh, with the Tim Farm. So I want to say God bless. Take care. Enjoy the draft. And we'll tell you, you got a little bit of something different to watch on behalf of all of us here at Southern Sports Central. We love you. We mean it. We look forward to seeing you Sunday night, 6 o'clock, right here on Blog Talk Radio. Follow us on Facebook at Southern Sports Central. Check us out over there, of course, on uh, Twitter at SO. That'll do it for tonight, guys. On behalf of all of us, all of you, God bless. Take care. We'll see you Sunday night right here on Blog Talk Radio, guys. Where it began. I can't begin to know it, but then I know it's growing strong. Wasn't the spring. Hello.
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.